Welcome to the MotoWorldRacing.com Moto Show, broadcasting live around the world from the Vegas Strip in a room where the term action could refer only to the classic Supercross playing on the VCR. Now, presenting your hosts and two guys who should know better, Paul Lindsay and Steve Mathis. And we're live. We're here, the Moto Show, right here, live in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With That's right. The new and improved Moto Show. Sorry, go ahead. That man <laughs> right there on the line was none other than Paul Lindsay. And, of course, Paul, I told myself over and over to not say that. But, of course, I do. So, yeah, exactly. Anyways, uh, this is the Moto Show. We are live in Las Vegas. With me on the phone, Paul Lindsay. Yep, what, and what, wait, wait, before we get this party started, it's becoming a tradition. I'm going to make it a two-week-old tradition. Here we go. Just cracked open an ice-cold Red Bull to get the party started. Nice, nice. I will go and grab my new monster from a monster fridge uh, while <laughs> I'm at it. I'm sure Kenny will bring a rock star, and we'll all be covered. Speaking of Kenny Watson, he is not here right now. He is stuck in traffic, but on Uh-oh. his way. Should be here shortly. But with Watson, you never really know. Perhaps he drives by Little Darlings or Spearmint Rhino and doesn't quite make it. We'll see. He was trying to talk me to go there and, and to go on there last, or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. We'll see what happens. But He lives there. What what a what a show! What a what a week! What a race! What, what, we have so much to talk about right away off the top of the top of the box. Let's get our sponsors out of the way. X Brand Goggles. Uh, X Brand Goggles. A result of 25 years of goggle technology. Jo- Ryan Sipes almost brought home a win for X Brand Goggles this past week. Oh, if, that would have been sweet for if, you guys. Yeah, yeah, if not for a lapper, but uh, that's all right. He still did well. Uh, check them out on thexbrand.com as well. Rockwell watches. Look who's rocking Rockwell. Uh, Rockwell watches. You will find the watch on the wrist of many of the industry movers and shakers in the pits. And the Motocross Nations in Lakewood, Colorado, is the world is coming. Paul, what are those dates? September 26th, baby, at Lakewood. Like you said, the world is coming. I cannot wait. It gets closer and closer. We should start some kind of countdown clock or something. Yeah, we should. We should. And actually, uh, uh, truth be told, I think uh, we might see little little number seven, James Stewart, at the... uh, what across the nations? That is the word, and I know Davey's got to be excited about that. I mean, shoot, we should start a countdown clock. You know, we're all, you know, neck deep in Supercross, but I, for one, can't wait for the outdoors to get going. And uh, Hangtown, right around the corner, and Hangtown yeah, is yeah. on. So uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a great, great summer in the 450, in the 250 class. Both classes are going to yeah, be stacked, but, but we'll talk about that later. Sure. So Yeah, it's going to be a real shame not to see the uh, old Red Dog bring it home for the country again. But uh, that's Yeah, right. yeah, yeah you never know. Stranger hey, things have happened. Uh, right what's, off the, what, what's the update on Timmy? Is he going to try to ride some outdoors this yeah, yeah, still trying to, still trying to healthy, trying to get healthy, trying to ride the outdoors. Uh, I, I did get an offer from a Canadian team f- in riding this week for him. Right. Somehow I've turned into his agent, but uh, I think he's a long way from taking that, uh, going that route right now. I'm gonna guess that's Billy Whitley's team, or can't you say? I can't say right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know Billy's looking for a guy, and he's a Cali guy, so that would make sense. But uh, um, all, the, all the best to Timmy for sure. I mean, uh, we, we would all love to see him back out there. Yeah, we and, would, uh, we would. Uh, and then right before we, uh, well, we're all happy about that. Let's uh, let's go straight into the trivia segment, Paul. And I know you're a trivia fan, and you love trivia. So love it. Take us to it. Yeah, I got to give props to, to Davey Coombs and, and Racer X on this. That's where I get my motivation from. They used to do the flash trivia. They still do, and uh, I really enjoy it. I, I used to get excited when I saw it, and I tried not to do it because for industry guys, some of the questions that that we do on here and the. Um, and that Davey used to do are relatively easy, I guess, for, for any hardcore bench racer like we are, basically. But this one, this one's a fun one this week. We'll, we'll start out with last week's, actually. And this, once again, brought to you by Rockwell. And I also want to mention, don't forget, Rockwell's uh, 
co-oping a bike giveaway, a Yamaha R6, with Miller Motorsports Park because the Superbikers, the World Superbike, is coming to uh, Miller Motorsports Park uh, later this year. So go to SBK USA. That's SBK as in Superbike US Superbike USA. SBKUSA.com. Enter the code Rockwell and you get a chance, free chance to win a Yamaha R6. So again, this week's trivia being brought to you by Rockwell. Hey, hey Paul, Paul. Yeah. Somebody's calling in. Let's see who's calling in right now. Moto Show, you're on the air. Who's this? I don't know. All I want to do is listen to Trey. How do I listen to him? <laughs> uh, well, you're on the air right now. You want to just go to pulpmx.com and click on the Moto Show banner. Yep. And you'll get then click on the play button, and you'll be uh, you'll be listening okay. to Trey. And then you can call this number later to yep. actually talk to Trey if you want. Terrific. Thank you. Hey, thanks for coming. I just wanted to see what kind of person would call in at this time, Paul. That was so, a, that was a good idea. Sorry, there. sorry for the interruption. Continue. That's right. Uh, so once again, this week's trivia brought to you by Rockwell. Uh, don't forget, send your answers. I, I must not have said it enough times last week. I had a couple of people tell me that they didn't get the email written down. The email to send your correct answers to is motoshowtrivia at hotmail.com. Once again, that's motoshowtrivia at hotmail.com. And thanks for all the kind words. Uh, we've gotten a lot of, lot of fan mail. It's been awesome. It's been overwhelming, actually. So thank you once again to all of you for that. Thank you for all the great answers. We get some that are close and some that are like head scratchers, but I love it when people send in answers, good, bad, or otherwise. So thanks again. Keep them coming. Last and week I asked Paul before we get before we get yep. to your question. Yep, Watson has just arrived. Hey, Watson, how's everyone how? doing out there in uh, Internet Land? Woo! <laughs> how was OGs, Watson? Dude, I wasn't at OGs. I was at the Rhino, dude. They had the lunch special. <laughs> Five lap dance for one. It was great. All right, so now Watson's in the house. No, I was at studio. home, uh, my office. Me uh, and my lady were taking care of some stuff today, and I got a little behind schedule. got stuck in some traffic, but uh, I'm here. That'll happen. All, All right. right. All right, you're interrupting the trivia segment. All right, back back to trivia for the third time. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Last week I asked. Uh, name one of only five American world champions. We're very proud of our American world champions, uh, even though they are few and far between, only five in the long uh, history of the GPs. Only five people have brought home world championships. And as a special bonus, I asked who are the only two that have done it twice. And the answers are, of course, Steve, last week you said this was easy. I think, most, again, most hardcore bench racers can get this off the top of your head. Yeah. Uh, of course, Brad Lackey and Danny Laporte did it on the same day back in 1982. Uh, Bobby Moore did one in 1994, Travis Parker in 89 and 91, and Donnie Schmidt, the late, great Donnie Schmidt, <coughs> old friend of mine, uh, God rest his soul, uh, did it in 90 and 92. And those are the only two, Travis Parker and Donnie Schmidt, <coughs> to do it uh, two in the 125 and the 250. So uh, I think, I think, awesome world champions. I think Laporte was one week before Lackey. One week before. I thought it was the same day, and it was uh, literally no to the question, time. Like Steve. they were trying to figure out which one was the first one. I thought. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I think I think it was the one week before, but that's irrelevant. They're both world yep. champions. What yep, about Mike exactly. Healy? Was he close? He was really close. Healy got second twice, I believe. He did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Healy, Healy was a shock over there. As as was Travis Parker. I remember hearing about Travis Parker winning the championship, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Who is this guy?" Between Healy and, and Mike uh, Jones. And yep. James Eichel, we could have quite a prison racing destinations. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later. Unfortunate uh, incident in Miami Airport for Mike Jones. Let's not rush to judgment, people. It sounds bad, I'll admit. It is I'm bad. If with you know Mike. Jonesy, it yeah. is bad. Yeah, you, with Jonesy, everything ball. usually Guaranteed. is bad. I'm, Kenny, you know him as well as I do, and I, I feel for him right now. My heart goes out to him. I know it's probably not what he wanted, but uh, I guess you reap well, what you sow. That's what he got. Yep. He uh, made with fire, you're going to get burned. Let's get the trivia done. 
trivia yeah, all right. or no back, we give away guests trivia. we give away guests <laughs> people like this trivia how, right, many, how many right answers did you get what's that how many right answers last week did you get we filled it up there was over 10 i had to go to the first 10 basically oh yeah and, yep yep it was it wasn't that hard it wasn't that hard last week i think it was a good one so i, I try like i said try to keep it that way because i don't know people gripe when they're too hard but then they gripe when they're too easy we can't please everybody but uh right. Uh, so anyhow, on to this week's question, which I think is a fun one because I I was there, uh, and it's a little hint for you folks if you can, I guess, decipher my career when I quit racing and became a team manager. It was only the second year of being a team manager. I was there at these races and, and the very first night that he won. So there's your there's your tip for the uh, for the time frame at least. But uh, tonight's guest, Trey Kennard, uh, I'm not talking about by the way, uh, won in his rookie season the first three lights east races that he entered, which was just spectacular for him to come out and do that. My question is, who is the only other guy, in fact, the only guy to win five straight to start as a rookie, period? Who, who was it, and, and what year did he do it? Okay, so uh, uh, go back, dig through your archives, or like I said, hardcore bench racing people should know this off the top of your head. It was a fantastic year, and later in the show, I'll get to some similarities, some eerie similarities between that rider and Trey Kennard. So there you go, another little hint for you. Right. Uh, did you give the email and, address? That was I it. did. Once okay. again, motoshowtrivia at hotmail.com. And, uh, yeah, that is the Rockwell Trivia segment. I also want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Jesse Masterpool's family. Uh, rest in peace, Jesse. We all miss you. It's a bummer for the industry. Everybody had heavy hearts. I thought it was really classy uh, for riders to be thanking, uh, talking about them on the podium, uh, like Austin Stroop, Ryan Dungey. Those guys, I thought, uh, just showed what a, what a tight-knit industry this is, and we all had a heavy heart when we heard on Sunday that he'd actually passed. And, uh, and, and Tommy Hahn came out on the parade lap on Master Pool's RM80. Did he? I, I missed yeah, that. That was nice. Cool. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, again, uh, Godspeed, Jesse. That's a terrible part of our sport that none of us like, and uh, it was, uh, again, bad, bad news that we got on Sunday. But anyhow, so there you go, Rockwell Trivia segment. And uh, on to uh, the next thing. Let's talk about Arena Cross real quick. Okay. Final round in Denver this weekend, by the way. I'm going to be home for it. I'm skipping uh, Jacksonville, going to Denver. I'm pumped. I love Arena Cross. Can't wait. Uh, the final round, it's down to uh, It's kind of a, a little bit of a honor. Obviously, Tyler Bowers got hurt. Everybody knows. And now the Cinderella season for Babbitt's Cal- Monster Kawasaki continues. They're going to sweep. It's, it's cast in stone. Gibson can't catch Bowers. So it's going to be a 1-2-3 sweep for the Babbitt's Monster Kawasaki team. And it's just a matter of if it's, if it's going to be Josh DeMuth or Chad Johnson. Obviously, it looks like your boy uh, DeMuth there. Kenny's going to get it done with a 22-point lead and two rounds to go. So Friday and Saturday night. Or is it only a Saturday night one? It's the one race. Yeah, it's only one night. Of I got some, I got, I got some uh, stuff that I'd like to let out of the bag later in the show, too, about uh, Josh DeMuth. But uh, uh, we'll save that for later. The sheriff. Right. The sheriff. Yeah. Well, we'll do it now. We're on the topic. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Do it All now. right. Well, uh, the Hart and Huntington team has been in uh, contact with the sheriff, and the sheriff is going to come out and ride the, ride the fa- last five rounds. Very nice. Under the Hart and Huntington tent. We like and, it. Uh, does, that mean, be... does that mean Bloats or Bonnie nope, or Burton? Nope, okay. nope, they're all good. All We're right. going to have a three-man program for the rest of the year. And, uh, nice. you know, Josh called me and hit me up and asked, you know, if we had room. And I called Carrie uh, uh, and... Carrie's like, put some numbers together, and if it's if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, you know, Josh was more like, hey, I just need a place to put my bike. And, you know, we put some stuff together for him. So he's going to be, you know, full One Industries gear. Uh, uh, he's going to run on, uh, on Oakley Honda? goggles. On a Honda? Uh, a Cowie? No. Oh, on the uh, Cowie? No, it's going to be on a Hart and Huntington brand. 
Okay, it's going to be and, a you know, white and black bike. That, Kenny, is, is every year Denny tries to get the Babbitts team out there with a little help from, from Cowie or Monster. I'm really surprised that he's not pulling that off this year. Yeah, well, what, um, what was going to happen was uh, they were talking about doing it with Alan Brown because they support Nick Way. Right. Babbitt. Correct. Um, yep. I guess uh, they couldn't get it together, um, and he's coming uh, our way, and he's going to be riding. Wow. Um, I'll tell you, he's going to be riding KTM, believe it or not. He's been riding the bike, testing, and I said, are you sure about this? And he said, you know, between me and you, uh, I really like the bike. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say it's better than my Cowie because I'm very happy with that bike, but I think with some more testing and stuff, I can get a lot more comfortable, and it'll be fine. You're yanking our chain right now. No, I wish I was. Serious. He's riding a KTM under your tent. KTM under my tent, but it's not going to look like a KTM. It's going to look why, like car Why bikes. wouldn't he just ride a Honda? He's comfortable on that. He's ridden it for you before. Because yeah, I have he, the same question, Paul. <laughs> he has support from a, a, some shop or somebody's helping him on KTMs. I didn't really get into the logistics of it, but wow. he wants to do it. And, you know, JD's one of those guys that once he makes his mind up, he's going to do something, he does it. So him and Jack, well, his mechanic, are working, you know, on the off weeks and getting that bike dialed in for him. So geez, he's been riding it for a bit. That's, yeah. that's big news, yeah. Uh, one industry's gear, but Oakley goggles, so not going to wear Smith's. He's not going to wear Smith. He's going to wear Oakley because he has a contract with them. But yeah. everything else is going to be a 661 boot, a Hart and Huntington boot. Well, uh, if there was any doubt before, Watson, about you guys having the most tattoos in the pits, You've now with the won it hands down. You've now yeah. won. Hart Huntington Rockstar team has the most tattoos in the pits with the Hey, Ben, ben for the two night race, by the way, boys. I just looked okay. it up. Two night race? Yeah, oh. yeah I, I thought it was, but I, they they get me confused on these things because they go. Some of them are one night, some are two night, and yeah. they keep jumping around. Now I love that series. Now but they're on four fifties. Yeah, um, exactly. They tried to uh, you know play around with the two fifty formula for a while as the premier class, but. Okay. Uh, all right, and then, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think Paul alluded to it earlier. In case you didn't know, and you're listening, Trey Kennard is our guest tonight, as well as Jason Wygant from Racer X. Uh, yeah, so great those night. are those are our guests tonight, and uh, I think we're gonna be killing it. And you're gonna be able to call in with questions, this is especially for Hasbin, seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. So seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven pulp. Call in later, ask Kennard a question, ask Weezy a question. Or if you feel like calling in now, go ahead. Steve will answer. Yeah, Either yeah. way. <laughs> I was just curious, Lindsay, who, who's calling the show at like three after? I was hoping it was a telemarketer, you know. You were thinking it was Watson calling to say he's at the strip club. Yeah, because when I, when I sit here and do my work upstairs here, these lines ring just randomly. And I yeah. wonder who we, we think it's hey, Paul, why do you think yeah, I exactly. hang out in strip clubs? Why do you huh? think that? I don't hang out in strip clubs. I have a girlfriend that I love dearly, oh, and I go. would never. I don't do that anymore. Back in the past, I do, but <laughs> family man. <laughs> I am. I am not that guy no more. And I have someone in my life that's helping me turn it around. Oh, and she's okay. doing an awesome job, by the way. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the recent Dallas Supercross. Uh, yeah, Watson, how was it for your team? Speak about Dallas. Talk about uh, Dallas. It was. We started out rough. Uh, First practice, the first five-minute five, up, five minute warm-up practice, Blos, uh, there was a section where they went 3-3-3 three, three, three on the tabletops. And uh, off the third one, he, his foot slipped off, and he majorly did his ankle in and rolled it, and he heard a pop, and he heard tearing, and he pulled off, and he came back to the truck, and, you know, he had that look on his face like, uh-oh, it's over. And uh, he, uh, you know, I took him down to the uh, to the Asterix, and they gave him, the, uh, they gave him a, a, a X-ray, and there was no break. 
just severely sprained. The thing swelled up the size of a watermelon. And uh, you know what? I told him, I said, hey, if you're hurting, just kick back. You know, There's no need for you to race. And Chris Bloss looked at me and said, dude, I'm not here to spectate. I'm here to race. And if I can't race, I'm not going to be here. And I'm going to race. I'm going to give it everything I have. And uh, you know what? He just sucked it up and went out there and, and rode to a solid you know, 12th place finish with, with a really, really, really bad sore ankle. For those of you who don't know, Chris Wallace is a bad dude. He's built like a tree trunk. Yeah, he's, he's a tough kid. Yeah, so, uh, and then uh, Bonnie was, you know, he didn't have the greatest qualifying times, but Bonnie's one of those guys that once the gate drops, you know, the nonsense stops. So uh, he, he kind of, you know, he qualified, he got in there, and then in the main event, the first lap, uh, he, he had a, a big get off in the whoops, and, um, you know, that kind of took the wind out of his sails, you know. But even for Chris, I mean, this was a. I mean, he was running up there. He was, I believe, he was in like eleventh or twelfth. No, he was in tenth um, with about four laps to go, and he got lapped. And Tedesco and Wyndham, I believe, were behind him, and those guys were behind him on, you know. And then when he got lapped, he thought that they were up in front with the leaders, yep. and he just let him go. He just pulled over and let him by, yep. and it just, I, you know, that's one of those things in racing, man. If you can't talk to the guy and he's not looking at his pit board, you're doomed. Well, and that gets back to our whole lapper debate, guys, because that's the bad side of it right there, and that's why guys do what they do, because as funny as that sounds, like Kenny just said, that proves it. He didn't know. He thought those guys might have been behind him, or, or excuse me, might have been with the lead group, and it turns out they were behind him. So uh, it happens every week, especially, you can't tell me if you look over your shoulder and you see Blake Beckett and, um, uh, and, and Sipes coming, that you're not going to you know, think that those guys aren't trying to pass you. So... It is what it is. I mean, Sipes got hosed again by Lappers, but, uh, man, I tell you, and, and, and not to mention, Brayton got a little bit held up by Voss. I was a little bit disappointed in that. Voss looked over, saw him, and held him off for a full another lap. And, you know, oh, he, Voss, did that to, he did that to everybody that was Yeah, there. yeah, and He's I guess gnarly. I was just watching more closely because I, I really wanted JB to get a podium. I've got a bet that I swore I wasn't going to make with this guy that emailed me. Uh, if if Brayton when Brayton gets a podium, I'm running out of daylight here. Six rounds to go. Uh, he'll have to donate a hundred bucks to my favorite charity, which is Road to Recovery. Right, and, join uh, the club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was I was cheering for JB to get up there, at least try to get a fourth. It was good because it was reminiscent of Anaheim two, I think it was, where JB held off Villapoto to the finish for fourth place. Yeah. They're battling for fourth and fifth, and Boss. Man, I love the guy. I'm buddies with him, but Jesus, dude. I mean, it, it was it was obvious, and the reason. Voss's, uh, you know, his rationalization for it, just like Kyle Lewis's used to be, is if you're going faster, then pass me. Well, here's a tip. Heath, <laughs> they can't because you're in the fast line doing all the same jumps as them. They're not closing on you that fast, but they are closing on you. It's not like a James Stewart wasn't by you like you're standing still. But make no mistake, he ruined Justin. Now, I'm not going to say Justin would have held off RV. There were still three laps to go, but he had done a pretty good job of up, uh, up to that point with a uh, badly sprained thumb as well, so... I'm getting off on a tangent here, but the lapper thing can work both ways. That's for sure. So yeah, it's good when it works with you. When yeah. it's your guy. Yeah. But when it's not your guy, you're like ah, all bummed out. But yeah, that's exactly. Hey, right. you know, yeah. That's racing. That's way it goes. Um, exactly. And, and, I, and I was up in the press box watching the race with uh, Andrew Short, and we I didn't see that Brayton Voss incident, but we and I'm actually I really thought Brayton was going to podium, but he just didn't do it. And even without Voss, he just did, couldn't. Couldn't pull the yeah, but anyways, and like Ann, Megan, Ralph were saying, I mean, uh, Coach Gibbs was in the house. It was a big night for him. Right. Justin likes Dallas. Um, it's cl- semi-close to home for him, being from Fort Dodge, Iowa. So, I mean, you know what? He did his best with okay. that thumb. I'm pretty proud of him. He's hey, having man. a great year, and he's quietly sitting uh, 
what is he, sixth in points, sneaking up on Kevin uh, for fifth. So Justin's having a good rookie debut. Not quite as yeah. good as I expected, and I touted him earlier in the season, in the offseason, saying he was going to yeah, be the awesome. top okay. grant. Uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, the, the, and so anyways, uh, getting back to the Voss thing. So I was up watching the race with Short, and Va- uh, Millsaps and Kennard were coming up on Voss. And even Andrew was like, oh, no, here comes Vossarama. Because, I mean, he has that reputation among everybody yep. as being a tough lapper. And But to his credit, he saw those guys and moved right over for both of them. And, they, and Trey wasn't close enough yet to Davey to sneak by at the same time. They, he had to make two separate moves to get out of each guy's way. So uh, we were surprised, but, uh, you know, good for Heath for doing that. Yep. Um, yep. Let's talk about the winner, Ryan Dungey. Man, he was on it all day from the very He's first back. practice. Yeah, he dominated, exactly. He did. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and uh, you know, RV's just – I don't think that track and that soil suits him. You know, the hard pack, slick. Uh, like like I wrote in my column, um, Dallas, we may have switched stadiums, but we didn't switch dirt. No, they did. They, they talked about that. I was wondering the same, and that yeah. is new dirt. No, no, Bullshit. No, maybe new it dirt. Is. I don't know anything about that. Uh, maybe they did get new dirt, but the dirt is the same quality as the old Dallas Stadium. Correct. It's, it's, it, it, it's, looks, it looks a little better, but you're right. That yeah. old stuff was pretty beat. And I remember every yeah. year we go there, it only looks good on press day when we first get there and it's nice and loamy. And by the end of the night, it looks like Anaheim hey, Steve, or Lake did you Elton. do the track walk? Yeah. No. Yeah. Did you oh. notice it was just like the old dirt? Big dirt clods. Yeah. Everywhere. Yep. Yep. And that's Real what marbly. it was. Yeah, exactly. It got the blue groove before... Yeah. I mean, like, so I mean, it may be it, it may sucked. be new dirt. Like I'm not, I have no idea about it's that. The same, same, same dirt, but it's new the dirt, same texture, whatever. and uh, it ended up being the same sort of Dallas Supercross that you know we've used to seeing. I guess what are you going to do? You're in Dallas. You're digging in Dallas. That's the dirt yep. you're going to get. But uh, uh, I don't think that dirt suits Ryan Villapoto. Just the pin it, the looking for a berms, you know, uh, the preciseness that you need to to race on that. I just don't think it suits. Villapoto. I have to agree. But that being said, he sure made it work for him. Nah, I don't know. Did he? I mean, he You're went. You talking Dungey or Villapoto? No, Villapoto. Oh no, I, I actually I kind of disagree with that. I think Villapoto is the kind of guy that likes to hang it out and and get in that cushion and and really look for traction. I don't know. I mean, look at Indy. That that was the same similar type of track. Very slick, very fast. I mean, this was not as fast, but I, I don't know what was Villapoto's deal because I actually expected him to go well on that type of surface. But he, he you know what? At Anaheim's, he, he kind of flailed at some of the Anaheim's, so I guess your point is is a, a valid point that he looks uncomfortable on that. If you if you see him in the first lap, and I don't know if it's on TV because I haven't watched the, the show yet, the first lap, Ryan's in about fifth, yep. and he just gets banged around and messes up and jacks up. And looks like up, he looked at Anaheim, yeah. And yeah. comes around the first lap in tenth. He actually was a lot higher than that, but he made a he had a horrible first lap, and uh, and it really cost him four seconds yeah. is the difference between Dungey and Villapoto on the fir- after the first two laps, and and, you know, and meanwhile Dungey's out front just checking right, out this right. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, and good ride for Davy Millsaps to yeah uh, to getting ride back hard. up there in second exactly. I was just going to say that walking back to the podium for Davy had that had to make him happy. One of the guys in the, uh, wearing a red shirt told me that. Uh, the best way looks like the best way for Davey to put in hard twenty laps, like they've all wanted him do, to do for so long, is to have the kid that's trying to steal his job right behind him. Yeah, exactly. And we got to wonder. A lot of people have wondered openly, was Trey holding back? I think you know. I don't think he was going to do anything dirty there, but I don't know. Didn't look to me like he was holding back that much. But at the same time. I think it was a different color bike and not a teammate. He might have tried a little harder to get around him. It's I think I agree. I don't think it was there for the taking, but, yeah, perhaps uh, a different time, two different yep. color bikes, uh, 
Trey makes a little bit harder charge out of it. He really – Why don't we ask him that? We will. Yeah, yeah we will. Yeah, uh, good question. Good, good question, Watson. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Thank t- you. 250 class, uh, man, what – have you ever – did you see the first turn, Watson? Yeah, it was mayhem. You got to talk to the mic. Yes, I did, Steve. It was tremendously uh, huge you, crash. Have you ever seen a crash uh, bigger than that or that just like that? I can't remember in my days. Of you know what? You know what? If you guys really want to talk about something, did you see the crash in the LCQ where it got red flagged? Mm-hmm. And um, well, the, Crespi's crash caused it. Lucas Crespi went. Yes, down he on the hit. He circuit. hit. He hit the tough blocks and just. I didn't see that crash. Yeah, no. he came in. He was on the inside and it looked like he clipped the. The um, tough box and it spun him around, and then it just pile drove him. Oh, it it was like a domino effect all the way through the everybody in the first corner. And the crazy thing was, if you look at like no, no, Met- no, wait a minute, Crespi crashed later in the race on the tabletops. What are you talking? No, about no, the first I'm corner? talking about whoever. I'm sorry, I take oh, that back. Okay, the tabletop section that guy crashed, yeah. but the first, the first crash turn. and the first okay. turn, yeah, yeah, there was big guys in there. Yeah, if you really want to know, your winner wasn't even in qualifying position, correct? Correct. He yep. was in third. Cunningham had that thing under control, and yep. who was in who was in the lead? Another uh, guy. Who was in the lead? Was it uh, Lipowicz? The red flag? Was it Lipowicz? No, it was it was it was Moss. It was no, Moss. No, 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 Moss. No, no, no. Lebanovich, I think, was up there. Yeah. No, Moss, okay. Moss You're correct. It, it was the Honda Troy guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So your guy was in third, and he was not catching yeah. Cunningham. Cunningham was qualifying, and that, that, and I was kind of like bummed because I'm like, wait a minute. You're supposed to, after a red flag, if it's more than halfway, it's over. Yeah, I wondered about that, too. It and was it was, it was ha- I looked up at the board, and they red flagged it, and it said two laps to go, yeah. and then yeah. they red flagged it. So I don't know if that what happened, but hey, things, everything happens for a reason, and, then, and, uh, and right Brett, on Met, for Baggett. Metcalf would not have made it. Metcalf would not have made it. But, Cunningham uh, ended up not making it. Yeah, and Lipovich Lip, did not make it. Lipin, how do you say that? Lipanovich. Lipanovich was actually in qualifying positions in both Heats and crashed both LCQs starts and crashed out of it. So yeah, that you know what that makes for a good trivia that we can talk about later too when we get to the 250 class. Uh, I don't know that a guy has ever gone last qualifying spot for the main, second in the LCQ, no. not even winning the LCQ, no. winning the main event. Now no. MC uh, uh, hold made on, history when one. he won the LCQ and then won the main event. That was the first time that had been done. I believe. I believe Ryan Villapoto did that this year. Second in the LCQ. No, he won the LCQ. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought that the, was no, always that, interesting. That, that has happened recently. I wrote about it. So that, yeah. That has happened. Somewhere the second the or the line. first? Second. Okay. Second. I, I wasn't aware of that. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I know people made a big deal about it when, when McGrath did it, and he won the LCQ and then came back yep. to win the main event. I Bradshaw think it did it too. First time done. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, – Carmichael's uh, done it too. Because the yeah, only reason I know, that's right. One. The only reason I know is because he landed on my rider in Atlanta, and they had both had to go to the LCQ when he landed on yep. Deegan. Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah, interesting, Atlanta. interesting night for Blake Baggett. I think, uh, like they even, he even said on the podium, he wasn't sure they wasn't expecting this. But man, that kid rode good. Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's switch gears to the 250 class. I mean, haven't we? We've been we switched gears already. Well, I guess let's <laughs> uh, let's permanently stick there. We bounced over to the lights class from what about, the 450s. But what about Baggett's hair? He's going bald. Dude, I was telling Hart that. I'm like, hey, check that kid out. He's 16, and he's balder than almost anybody out there. I like, feel sorry for him. Can't Barsha give him some hair or somebody? He like, should just run it. He should just shave it. He looks like Benjamin Button. Who's that? Yeah. He's aging backwards. Benjamin Button. Uh, I stole that joke from a friend of mine. Anyways, uh, um, Baggett's been good all year. And, uh, you know, people talk about Wilson getting that final PC spot over Baggett. 
But uh, I don't know. There's not much to choose from hey, right now. Hey, check this out. We, uh, we had a, a, a suite, a box, um, and uh, Jimmy Button came into the box. This and weekend? The, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. Dick. Anyways, we were up in the box, and uh, Button came into the box, and uh, at the start of the race, he was just ecstatic. Those are my two guys. Those are my two guys up front. Who? Sipes and really? Daggett. Oh. And he was just like, they're both WGM w- you know, yeah. athletes. WMG. WMG, I'm sorry. <laughs> WGM. Athlete. GM Motors. Anyways, yeah. they uh, he was pumped. Uh, when Baggett won that race, Jimmy Button cried. He was crying. He was teared for joy. I for, believe it. Jimmy and, gets pumped, yeah. Yeah, and, dude, I, I right then made me really think, and then I seen the kid on the screen. I don't know the kid, but I've known that, you know, I heard a lot from him, from Nathan, and all the hard work, you know, that he's been putting in. And, you know what, amen. Like, I mean, he seemed like a good kid and couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, he flat hauls the mail. We saw it at Daytona. I mean, that kid's a real deal. So let me ask you this, Paul. Sorry to interrupt. Did, right. did Mitch pick the right guy? You know, uh, that remains to be seen. Dean Wilson, who we'll get to later, had some visa issues. Um, bizarre, by the way. Maybe you can fill us in on that. The only thing I can think of that happened, and I haven't heard any inside details, but maybe he was here on a visa. And when you leave and come back, it looks like you're trying to get your visa restamped. I had that happen to a couple of buddies of mine from Brazil who were staying with me racing up here. And yeah. they went to Mexico yeah. with me for a Supercross back when I was racing, and then they stopped them dead in their tracks in Houston for that very reason. So the only thing I can think of, what have you heard? Let's let's stop for a second talk about Dean, how that happened. That was quite the well, debacle. Wasn't there a birthday in there or something? No, what, 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 the deal that I got, and what you're talking about, Paul, is a visitor, 90-day visa, visitor, visitor visa. And right. the old trick was... For all the foreigners, you got a nine. Canadians didn't need it, but anybody else did. You uh, you got your 90-day visa. Uh, you got a job working illegally on a race team. Then you lose your visa by accident. And pre 9/11, you could just literally go down to the consulate and get a new visa. And yep. they didn't. They didn't. And your your 90 days was reset. Well, they got rid of that rule, and now it's a lot tougher. But anyways, yeah, the idea that- with 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 with, with uh, that I heard for Dean was that he had to wait to sign his Cowie contract till the end of December because that was his birthday, and that was when he turned 18. For some reason, they wanted to wait, so he turned 18. He that's got, for some reason, that's a whole other show. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know why. Honestly, I don't know why. Do you? Oh, are, it's completely obvious that the same thing happened with Pastrana and, and a lot of guys. The, the parents have to sign if they're not 18, and oh. then legally, technically, depending on what state it was signed in. The guy could turn 18 and say, I didn't sign that. My parents did. I'm out of here. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yep. Okay. That's happened. Not that that would happen, but it, but it could. Yeah, it could, yep. right? Yep. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, basically he ended up with uh, waiting late to sign his Cali contract. So then, the visa ap- so then the visa applications were late, and then the lawyers didn't get him done. But I really question the sanity of not having your visa all lined up and trying to race Toronto anyways. Yep. I, I mean – Agreed. I know a lot about border crossings, a lot about green cards and work visas and such. That wasn't a smart move. But uh, because now I believe I heard his parents are banned for five years. Wow. I don't know for sure. There's a lot of rumors and, and shit like that going around. But, uh, uh, you know, anyway, so that wasn't a smart move. And, and if you were going to try that, you definitely have a better chance of driving across the border at Detroit or somewhere mm-hmm. and driving up. You have a way better shot if you know your, your application is in the mail or you're a little sketchy. You always want to drive across. So yeah. that's, uh, that's all I know about that. But too bad, really. Too bad for Dino. Hopefully he gets it sorted out. Well, back to your question. And, yeah, that is too bad for, uh, for Dean Wilson. That's really one of those things where you would assume Mitch and Callie had things under control. My wife even asked me, like, 
Seriously, somebody couldn't figure that out. I mean, he's got Tony Gardia, one of the best agents in the sport, not throwing Tony under the bus, but somebody should have been all over that. Now, we're assuming that it was some kind of minor, you know, snag. It might have been something that was just completely unavoidable. Um, but little things like that, somebody else assumes that somebody else has got it covered. It happens. So, yeah, uh, major bummer. But to answer your question, I don't know, man. I, I all signs pointed to Dean Wilson coming out of amateurs, right, and right. I think the, the short list, the very short list at Pro Circuit included Dean, Baggett, Morris, and Tickle, and you know, arguably, I'd, I'd say he made the right choice with Wilson. What do you think, Watson? Uh, yeah. Wilson, Baggett, Tickle, or Morris, if you're Mitch? Uh, me, I would... Uh, would you go by tattoos? How, how do you, no, I would pick you? an American rider for sure, yeah. just because I think that we need to keep it in the box. And I would probably go with a more seasoned guy. I probably don't want Tickle. Okay, all right. That's and, all right. You know, and, and keep in mind, Kenny, you know as well, we're not, we're not busting on Mitch here. There's a lot of politics that play into it oh. with Kawasaki, Wanting to place a young amateur guy. Oh, I understand uh, that. And the only reason I would pick Brock Tickle is because I know he, ha- he has a really good agent to work with. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I've heard good things about that guy, too. But yeah. um, the, the other thing is, too, that I heard straight from the source is that don't forget Tyler Rattray, Jake Weimer, Christoph Purcell, all moving up next year, arguably, yeah. unless yeah. Rattray now. So that would have left Mitch with only one rider. He wanted somebody that he could work with into the future. So that oh. was also weighed heavily with the, and Morris would have pointed out as well. I don't know about Rattray having to move up, but well, he doesn't have to. Yeah, in theory, he would have. He's getting to the age where he needs to be in the 450 class. He's no spring chicken, and he's a veteran. He's a world champion. He's sort of trying to do the, the Chad Reed or Grant Langston thing, come over here and do his time in the lights class and then move up. Right. Now, that might go out the window, but uh, that was the plan originally. So if he had Morris in there, he would have had nobody at that point. So that, that, there was little, little factors in there. And I know Mitch didn't want to be hand-fed, an amateur guy from Cali, but at the end of the day, that's what I heard happen was Cali was insisting on putting one of those two on the team. So right. um, it, it, it's it's tricky. People, you know, can armchair quarterback it to death. They used to do it with my picks. Kenny, they do it with your picks. But until you've walked in Mitch's shoes or, or a team manager's shoes, you just don't know all the factors. It's not always about giving it to the guy that deserves it the most or the bro deal. Uh, this is a business. So, how many races uh, did you win, Paul? Or how many races did you win, Kenny, at Plano, Plano Honda? Zero. At Planet Zero? or Plano? What, 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 was Plano Honda would never win. I'm trying to figure out who is a more winning team manager, but I think Lindsay's got you covered because he has. you have one win with Deegan. You have no wins with Hart Nunnington. You have no wins with Plano. I have a, I have a privateer award. Okay. Top privateer. Yeah. What do you got, uh, Lindsay? Do you got you got you got a Spanish yeah. World Supercross. Spanish. Four, yeah, we have four wins and nineteen podiums, which I'm pretty uh, proud of. Yeah, he's With got what? Andrew Short, Motor World. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we had Short. Yeah, I'm not Short. claiming that he's. I'm a no, better no, no, team no. manager. No, no, no. no, no. It's my own little contest. No, but nobody's. No. I was just saying it. How, how about we diffuse this 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 rough situation here and call our guest, Lindsay? What do you think? Let's do it. Let's get Trey on the phone. Let's, uh, let's give uh, Trey a call here. I'm going to turn you down, Paul, because uh, th- otherwise the dial tone is going to come in. Okay. All right. And, Watson, uh, feel free to talk right now while I dial. Thanks, Kenny. That's awesome. Thanks for covering right there. No problem. <laughs> Hello. All right. Trey Kennard coming on the phone right now on the Moto Show. Live in Las Vegas coming at you. Calling Oklahoma at this time. Bucky made it down there with that. Hey, it's Trey Kennard there. This is him. Trey Kennard, you are live on the air. Uh, This is Steve Mathis. Uh, With me on the phone is my co-host, Paul Lindsay, 
And in the studio here is another guest. We have Kenny Watson. Uh, Trey, All right. what's you going on? In the house. Yeah, yeah, we're representing full on. Uh, hey, good job on the 450 success right now. Talk about your race in Dallas. Uh, Dallas, I was stoked on Dallas. Other than the start, um, I was happy. You know, I was pumped on the way I rode and thought it was probably my best race yet on it. I felt like I was comfortable and mm -hmm. um, charged really hard the whole time. So I was stoked on it. I was, uh, you know, especially in front of the hometown crowd and everyone there, it was, uh, it was cool. That was my favorite one so far. Yeah, what, what, was, what was the deal with your starts this weekend? Because in the heat, you never got off well either. Yeah, the heat, I, I just shut down way too early and kind of locked bars with Nick Way and kind of did a little bit of a front bar swap. But um, the uh, the main, I just had bad gate position because I was like 12th gate pick and it was a pretty unfair start there. So um, that kind of hosed me. But I was just happy to make it through the first turn after the lights. <laughs> I know, huh? Have you ever ever seen that before? It's crazy. I um, think it happened at Indy last year, actually, but, dude, that was nuts. Like, literally only two people made it to the first turn. Like, I don't think I'd ever seen that. I know. Hey, I meant to ask you, what was up with, I got some scary photos of you in uh, Toronto. What was up with the bleeding nose? Did, is that, <laughs> like, did you get a rock, or is that just normal for you? Or? You know, you I wish I could just leave that topic open because it sounds way cooler if it's just open. Like, you can come up with, like, stories about it yeah. like yourself. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, I kind of hurt my nose when I was younger. Like, cut it real bad, and there's just, like, scar tissue there. So when I get in, like, dry climates like uh, Toronto with all the artificial heat, mm -hmm. like, staying in the hotel, never really going outside, um, you know, because we stayed at the stadium or inside for, like, two days straight. So. Right. Um, it just kind of dried it out, and then about lap two, it just uh -huh. started going. But uh, okay. I wish that I didn't have to tell that story. That way, people would just be like, "Yeah, oh, he got here with a rock or something cool." He, but. Yeah, he was a badass. Because do you remember I interviewed you after Toronto, and yeah. you were you cleaned up by that point, and I was like, "He's got a little nosebleed, no big deal." Well, then I saw some photos that were full on True Blood, you know, Dracula style blood everywhere. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nasty, dude. It was like going to my mouth, and like it was not pleasant. I didn't like it much at all. I think the question that uh, on everybody's mind, and we talked about this earlier in the show, was uh, if that second place guy was not Davy Millsaps, was not a teammate. Did you have a few chances to get a little dirty? Uh, no, I wasn't. You know, I think I might have been able to force the issue a couple times, mm -hmm. but um, being that I'm a not a part of that class. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have dirtied anybody. You know, I wouldn't have ran it in on anybody in that class just because I'm simply not part of it. But um, which makes podiums in a row. I would have really went for a uh, you know a, a hard pass, but um, you know I just did, never really saw the opportunity. So right. Um, yeah, that that was amazing. I mean, think about that, people. He's trying to be out there as politely as he can. And still getting on the podium four races in a row. I mean, that uh, I think that says a lot about the future of Trey Kennard in the 450 class. And uh, I mean, just says a lot about him as a person. He's out there trying to trying to impress and get a job next year because his contract is up. But yet he's trying to be polite. And not, we're not just talking teammates here. We saw him do it with Villapoto and Dungey as well. So, is this your last race this weekend, Trey? Then we heard after this weekend you're getting back on the 250 and get ready for Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, gonna do Jacksonville, which uh, is cool. You know, I've never been down there, so um, thank do that God. One and then start testing Monday and Tuesday back in the lights bike. So, um, 
Just excited, you know. That, I'm, I'm really excited to go back down the 250. I think that... Uh, so is everybody else in the class. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, this has been really good for me, you know, just to kind of boost my morale a little bit because, you know, I think I've talked about it a little before, is just coming off an injury is tough, you know. I was talking to, like, Nico Izzy this weekend, and it's like, you know, you, you spend four months of not racing, it's, and you, you see everyone in... in Everyone else kind of comes becomes like invincible, you know. To you, like man, you just start to hype everyone up in your head. Like you start to think you're incapable of things, and it, it just takes a while to get that that uh, that confidence, you know, to boost them around. So I think it's been really good for me to kind of stay racing and um, just be comfortable at the races again. Yeah, I know that feeling of being in awe. I was like that every time I worked on Timmy's bike. I mean, it was just, just in awe of that guy. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you see him spinning wrenches, and you're like, whoa, did you see that? Like, yeah, yeah. Dude, he just moved that T-handle <laughs> like nobody's Dude, doing he it. just spun that T-handle, and it was the exact amount of torque. That seatbelt was perfectly he torqued. Even, he didn't even have to use a torque wrench. It was just <laughs> perfect. What are you talking about? It's all right, Watson. Um, we're talking about me working on a bike. So good. Uh, hey, uh, Trey, I'm interested to in know, and you don't have to get into specifics with this, but so Honda calls you up to ride the 450. Do they pay you a salary? Do you get your regular salary? Do they give you travel money? Obviously, they give you travel money. Do they put you on a bonus-only program? How does that work for a contract deal, uh, moving to a new class like that? Yeah, so basically our, our contracts are kind of through Honda already. Uh-huh. So, I mean, basically – I'm on the same contract, just with a different bonus program. Okay, so same pay and everything. Yeah, just uh, uh, you but your bonuses are upped, or are they deeper back, or how does it work? Um, they're a little up, but you know, not a whole lot. Because um, you're killing it right now in that. <laughs> yeah, I was stoked, man. I, I, to be honest, I probably would have done it for free, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it was you know, it's it's cool just to get that little bit of extra, you know Yeah, yeah, really. If, hey, if anybody out there wants to talk to Trey Kennard, call in right now, 702-586-7857, and ask him a question. Trey, I don't think I told you this. Uh, you have to take some listener questions. Hey, Trey, a lot of uh, – has uh, your phone been uh, ringing off the, the hook yet with some team managers calling you or your agent, or what's going on with that? Are you guys window shopping? Uh, you know, it's been pretty quiet, really. Um, you know, I've, I'm uh, – and I kind of – you know, not that I like it that way, but – I just feel like we have so much more racing left in the year that, um, you know, that it's like I don't even want to worry about next year right now. Just want to yeah, keep. I'm sure Bob's on top of it, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, Bob Walker, he, he's, uh, you know, I'm sure he's talking to people. But, you know, I, I try to just keep it just um, here and now. But, you know, obviously you got to think about next year a little bit. But, um, you know, it's been pretty quiet, really. What about yeah, early season? Yeah, what, what back further and further every year. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, in the past, Trey, you've already would have had a four-year contract in your hands. Yeah, this economy. <laughs> yeah, for like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I now I'm gonna get four hundred dollars a week and uh, hotel expenses. I remember yeah. one year Tedesco signed a Suzuki deal at like Hangtown or something. I don't know oh, what it was. Before, dude. Was before, it before? They, yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas was the mark. Yeah. It was like, hey guys, come work hard. You guys for me. are talking out of your ass. He didn't sign no. Yes, contract. he did. Dude, that guy's my best friend. He didn't sign He's no. Not your con- best friend. 
Oh, he's not? He's not I, your best friend, no. Matthews is getting I, pissed. No, he's not your best friend. Who's Hart, my best friend? Hart is your best friend. No way. I don't know, dude. Watson's pretty close with, with IT. Dude, I know he's tripping, close, but Hart is best not friend. my best friend. He's not his best friend. If Hart was my best friend, he would give me more money. We're going to call Tedesco. <laughs> give me his number. Write it down. We're going to call Tedesco hey, and ask him if he's your best hey, friend. Hey, regardless, regardless of who's, who's BFF forever, I can guarantee you there have been contracts signed at Vegas for the following year, which is pretty ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you say that Tedesco signed a contract I'm not with saying Suzuki, I, I would say you need to stop whiffing gas in your garage. <laughs> Steve's the one that said Ivan did. I'm All just right. saying there have been contracts signed at Vegas. Uh, Trey has a call, Steve. Uh, there, uh, Let's Paul. take a call. Uh, get Tedesco's number. We're going to call him. Hey, <laughs> you're, uh, you're on the Moto Show. You're on the air with uh, Mathis and uh, Lindsey and Watson and, more importantly, Trey Kennard. Who's this? This has been. Has been is back. Yeah, has been. Has been. What's the question for Trey Kennard? I got a question for Trey. You're an all-around nice guy. You're so into the Honda Mold. What I want to know is when you go to negotiate to so your awesome goon riding abilities come into the uh, negotiation tactics. So maybe Paul can jump in on this because I know he's been avoiding Paul for a couple of weeks. You know, I've been working on that, uh, the, the goon bonus clause, but um, <laughs> so far the past few years it hadn't worked for me, but I'm thinking with the economy kind of on the rise that uh, goon bonus clause will, will be in. Like, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm really hoping goon bonus clause will be there. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's an angle you have to work, and you got uh, you know, you got your, your heavy set buddy here. Maybe he can help you out. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I remember the first time I actually rode the Honda. Like they kind of tried out, like in uh, 07, as I was still amateur on Goon Road, and I'm pretty sure it gave me brownie points. So, all right, uh, has been. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Okay, hey, uh, hey, Trey, you are a good Goon Rider. You're right about that. Moto Show, you're on the air with uh, Trey Kennard. Who's this? Uh, this is Randy from Yukaipa. From where? Yukaipa. It's in Southern California. It's the uh, former home of uh, Brian Myerskoff and oh. uh, Josh Grant. Oh, well, there we go. How, how did I not know that? Uh, Myerskoff, almost <laughs> winning 83 uh, 250 USGP. Anyways, uh, hey, Randy, you're on the air with Trey Kennard. What, what's your question? Well, first of all, I just want to say I really appreciate uh, taking a stand on the podium every week. Uh, you know, that really means a lot to me. It's uh, really hurts me in my own faith. And so I just wanted to uh, say that I appreciate Trey for that. Um, just got done watching the race on uh, TV, and uh, last couple laps it seemed like Trey caught up pretty quickly to Davey and then just didn't make the pass. It looks like he checked up a little bit. Um, I was just wondering if that was because you know, he's been getting a lot of flack or people have been saying stuff lately about you know how he shouldn't be there and uh, you know that he's not racing for the championship. Did that... Uh, Trey, did that enter your mind at all? Um, you know, it, it did a little bit, but, um, you know, the, the thing is, I didn't want to force the issue. You know, that track was extremely tough to, to pass on, so um, there was really that one sweeper that you could really make it happen, so um, I never found myself in a good position at that sweeper, so um, I didn't want to run it in on him. That's like, you know... I'm not a part of that class, and he's my teammate, and, and there's a lot of stuff going on. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a racer, most of all, and, and uh, you know, my job is to move forward. And, um, you know, I, I didn't hold back that much. So, um, Yeah, well, uh, you've, been, uh, you've been really laying it down, and, uh, you know, I really look forward to having you in the 450 class next year and uh, seeing what you can do as a full-time racer there. Uh, you've been doing uh, awesome. Thanks, man. I'm I'm uh, 
looking forward to it. You know, I know it's going to be uh, a, a big, tough year. I know that, that rookie year is usually tough for everyone. So, Right on. Well, hey, uh, Randy, thanks for the call, man. Thanks for listening to the show, more importantly. Uh, hey, uh, great show, by the way. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys uh, putting it on air every week. Yeah, we, thanks, we're, Randy. we're trying. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, so that was an interesting uh, interesting couple of calls for you. Has yeah. been. Hey, Trey, how do you like working with Gothic? Dude, Gothic's awesome. I, I didn't know how to expect, like, I didn't even know, like, how to, like, go about <laughs> the dude at first, but um, once we, like, kind of warmed up each other, dude, we're like, dude, he's awesome. I talk to him probably twice a week, and mm-hmm. I don't know, man. He's, uh, you, you just kind of get to get to know his, uh, his sense of humor. He's uh, pretty dry, so. Yeah, yeah. I like him, dude. He's, he's a really hard worker, and, um, you know, he's, he's antsy and just excited, so. He, he is antsy. Hey, why don't yeah, you do that? Hey, Trey, I'm going to give you a little inside job on uh, Gothic. He used to work for me, like when he first started being a mechanic on one of my teams, and uh, he he was working on a bike one time out in the parking lot in Atlanta, and I told him to be careful and not work out in the front, and he didn't listen to me. And the box fan got broken into overnight and stole all of our bikes and everything we had the night before the race. That's awesome. What did you guys do? <laughs> we made it happen. We borrowed, begged, and stealed to make it work. Did uh, Pro Circuit not give you a bike? No, it, it, Pro Circuit gave us a bike for Curry. Did you ask somebody? Yeah, that was, was our Paul Curry that year. No, everyone helped uh, us. Okay. We got a bike. Some. Uh, Anyways, we're off topic. Okay, okay. Hey, wait, was it like winners take all? At it was. It was totally <laughs> like that. Yeah, one guy had a Fox jersey on with Thor pants, and we borrowed a shock. It was awesome. <laughs> But, hey, to make a long story short, I was sitting in the lobby, and the guy comes running ba- by, and he had full makeup on his face with Doc Martens lace up to his kneecaps. <laughs> and he was in his underwear. You check out that site. Yeah. Well, he, he was white lightning. Ask him, ask him if he had some dockers, knee-high dockers you could borrow. Yeah. Oh, dude. Hey, hey you know that part in Winners Take All where the guy's like, well, I got a tank. Yeah, I got a shock. <laughs> I got a shock. And he's like, I got a welder. <laughs> yeah. That bike, that bike was good, though. It looked good. Dude, how oh, sick would that awesome. be to have a team, to start a new team and call it Team Hurricane? <laughs> team Hurricane, dude, and you can maybe have Hot Rod ride for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. No, uh, definitely. And also, too, uh, I hope you're not as scared of dragons. Uh, you're not, you don't have a fear of dragons, do you, Trey? I don't. I okay, don't. because on Gothic's back, spanning shoulder blade to shoulder blade is a massive dragon. You hey, he told us he didn't have dragon tattoo. Oh, uh, no, no. He's, he does. He's so. got a ta- dragon tattoo. We've just busted him. Um, Did he? I've only seen Jay without his shirt on and in shorts one, one time, and it was at Tim Ferry's house at his pool, and that was it. In three years of working with the guy, he I never saw, saw him with anything but long pants and a long shirt. But, I've seen him with a T-shirt on like twice. Yeah, 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 very rare. That's like seeing uh, Martini without the without the, uh, the uh, collar, the turtleneck on. Whoa, what happened? Trey. Yeah. You ever see Martini without a turtleneck? Uh, I haven't. Exactly. That's like gothic without a uh, without a short sleeve, without a long sleeve shirt on. Hey, uh, last week Trey, we had uh, we had Wyndham on the show last week, and we asked him about your success, and he said that it was kind of funny that you were asking him about certain obstacles and how to how, certain things on the track, and he was like, "Why am I? Why are you asking me? You're beating me." And he's gonna say he said he was gonna stop telling you, or he was gonna tell you wrong. Er- erroneous things, uh, uh, just to, so maybe he can beat you. But uh, yeah, it was funny because like at Indy, you know, I, I we like walk the track, and I was kind of asking about some sections, and you know, it was cool. And he's, he's always been, you know, super supportive of me, and, and he's helped me a lot in my, you know, just my my short career that I've had, and um, you know, Atlanta, you know, still still kind of helped me, and then Daytona. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, I don't know if I should help you, and then <laughs> we get to. Uh, to I want to say Toronto, and he's like, dude, what, why, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, if you have a question for Trey Kennard, 702-586-7857 uh, has been. You cannot call in again. But anybody else, 702-586-7857 to talk to Trey Kennard. We only have him for a little while longer. But, um, <clears throat> Trey, what about your, your mechanic? I know you and Brent go back uh, long. Your mechanic at uh, Geico Honda, you guys go back a long way. Are you going to try to take him with you next year? Is that going to be a, a sticking point? I mean, I, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Or is it just too early to think about that? Yeah, you know, you know, I don't think it's too early to uh, kind of think about that. You know, that's pretty important to me. He's been uh, been there through the thick and the thin. So um, we have a really good relationship, and and I hope he can come. You know, that's uh, pretty important to me. But I know that uh, in this time that it might not be possible. But um, I really like. That we uh, we have a good team together, and um, you know I think that's something that uh, hopefully doesn't break up. I know that uh, you know Carlos went over there with Davies, so yeah. um, you know Frankie went with, or did, was Frankie just there? No, Frankie, Frankie was, yeah. Frankie was there. Most went with Andrew. You know, I, you yeah. know I, don't, I have no clue what's happening for next year. But hey, Sheik didn't go. Watson didn't go with Sheik. I got clipped from Honda. They didn't like my purple hair back. In yeah, the day. you had purple hair and pierced ears. <laughs> you were out. Hey, we got a call. Let's take it. Wow. I know. Uh, he's been on hold for a little while, so okay. it's not like we're just jumping right on him. Moto Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Justin Kelly from Tennessee. Hey, Jesse from Tennessee. Thank you for listening to the Moto Show. Uh, you're on the air with Trey Kennard. Do you have a question? Yeah, first off, I want to say the same thing. I'd like to give props to him for standing for Jesus Christ every weekend on the podium. But uh, my question is, um, like, whenever I get on my 450 and I go back to a 250, it seems like I'm just flying on that thing. Do you think... Whenever you get back in your 250, you'll be able to shave off some seconds. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it for the, you know what you said at first. But um, you know, I haven't ridden the lights bike since I ridden the 450, so um, I'm pretty anxious to get back on that thing. And you know, it could either go one of two ways. You know, it could either go like the thing feels tiny and I just love it and I'm going, you know, really fast on it, or it could be like yeah. I got to kind of reinvent the wheel and, and readapt. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to being on it next week and kind of finding out. And, and I know if it goes, uh, you know, sour the first couple of days, that I'll have about four weeks to iron it out before, uh, you know, we go start racing my spikes again. But I, you know, I did the, this, you know, the switch, the bob and the weave, um, as an amateur a lot, did the 250, the 450, and it always went pretty well for me. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to get back on it and to see what it takes place. Hey, you know uh, Purcell, he, that's what he trains on. He trains on a 450. Yeah, and the dude's super smooth. So. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, I, don't know, but I don't think you're going to have a problem, Mr. Kennard. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks it for should your, be good. I'm looking forward to thanks it. Thanks for your call, Jesse. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks. Historically, uh-huh. historically I, think, I think Jesse's right. People that race the 450, I think what Trey's worried about, obviously, is you have a tendency to get a little lazy on a 450. You can make obstacles easier. don't need to carry as much momentum. But I think historically Jesse's right. Feel like a hero when you get on 250, and Trey, you know that feeling. Now, outdoors is a little different than Supercross, of course. So this will be a first for you in Supercross. But I personally, uh, it was one of the questions Steve's going to ask me later in one of our segments. But I, I think you're, I think it's going to improve your speed uh, substantially on the 250F. And let's, you know, we'd be remiss not ask how is the mysterious uh, <laughs> Achilles injury that was non-existent earlier in the year? We're to assume that that's all good now. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh... That was it. Wasn't actually an Achilles injury. That I don't know how that got started, but um, I thought it was a high ankle strain. It was like you have your the bone that's in between your tib and fib, and 
um, what happens is that bone gets pressed up into your tib and fib, and it, like, spreads them apart, and um, all that membrane that's in between your tibia and fibula, it, like, spreads it apart, and whenever you step on it, it wants to, you know, it's loose, so it wants to push up in there, and um, basically what was happening is, you know, I, I tried to keep doing my thing, and it just was kind of nagging, but, um, you know, luckily, you know, Jeff Spencer, he's pretty good with all that stuff, and really good about taping it and making sure we did the right things and I felt like we got the thing under control in about three weeks so um, I was pretty stoked on it. It was one of the most painful things ever though like when I did it I was almost certain that like I broke bones in my ankle so wow. um, you know, I was pretty happy that uh, it turned out how it did. And, and we're pretty happy that you uh, came on the show Trey. Uh, any, any more questions? Uh, Watson? Paul? I'm good. Um Thank you, Trey Kennard, for doing the show. Appreciate it. And, and man, you've been on fire this year. So uh, it's good to see. I like it. Uh, I, I have to say, I didn't think your podium streak was going to continue. In my mind, when I saw you in the first lap, I was like, okay, well, it's been a nice run. And, uh, you know, Trey, Trey, we'll do whatever, top five. But great ride. Great ride, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Like, like I said, I was stoked on that one. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. No, you had to have been happy. Gothic was, was bouncing up. But now Watson has one last question for you. Hey, Trey, I just want to say uh, I wasn't a believer, and you made me a believer, and uh, you gained another fan, man. I'm just uh, super pumped to watch you ride every week, and um, I, I think you're doing an awesome job, dude, and just keep it up. And, you know, I really didn't think you were going to pull it off after Indy when you had that, you know, little get-off off the back of the bike. And, man, prove me wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, keep up the good work, bud. All right, man. Thanks a ton. That, that means a lot. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. All right, Trey. Thanks, thank Trey. you. Uh, take, take care. care. Another thing about Trey Kennard, probably the, one, the fastest rider in the world that wears a front and back chest protector right now. Just an odd fact there. This is That's true. He's all a lot of people used to wear one. Yeah. Yeah, Remember yeah. Wyndham used to wear one all the Chisholm, time. Chisholm might be the second fastest right now. Yeah, hey, yeah. real quickly, let's, uh, let's call Ivan Tedesco up and uh, ask him who his best friend is. All right. Are you ready for that? Yeah. All right. Hold on one second here. It's either going to be me or Lindsay. And I love how you guys all stop hey, talking Paul. when I... Paul, it's going to be you probably. Huh? <laughs> does, does Tedesco know? I just told him I was going to call him. Do you want me to talk like he's on the show? Tell him he's live on the air. No, we got to... Uh, mouse has got to answer. Hello. Hey, Bean. Yo. What's up, buddy? Hey, you're live on the Moto Show. Yeah, hey, Ivan, this is Mathis. Lindsay's on the line. You're These guys li- are trying to talk shit on me, hot sauce. You're live on the air right now. Oh, okay. I have a question for you, just real briefly. Yes. Two questions. Ask them oh, questions. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Who is your best friend in the world? My, be- my best friend in the world? Yes. Besides right. your wife. That's a, that's a tough one, man. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> my wife. Okay, besides the wife, because that, that's true. <laughs> besides the wife. I don't, I don't know, man. Okay, who's, that's, your, that's who's, your, who's your best friend? You can't friend? put me on the spot, okay? Well, okay, the reason we called was because we were talking about you earlier, and, and, uh, and uh-huh. Watson said that we were wrong, Lindsay and I were wrong, because Ivan was his best friend. I said he was my best yeah, friend. Yeah, he was your best friend. He doesn't have to be my best friend, though, well, but I think he is. <laughs> I mean, that guy has nothing but love for me. Okay, yeah. should I tell you this? Hey, Watson's say? one of my best friends for sure. Okay, all right. No well, doubt about it. You have your best friends in your wedding when you get when people get married. Do they have their best friends in their wedding? They do. Okay, yeah. I was in his wedding. Yeah. Okay. Do all best right. friends 
pull the crapper on yeah. the motorhome and get full crap all over him for a random? <laughs> yeah. No, I did that uh, for him. All right. And, he and, did. He did. Okay. Did you tell that story on air? No, I've never told that story on air. And just shut your mouth. They don't need to know. <laughs> uh, Watson likes yeah. the poo. Yeah, Watson covered in poo. It sounds like a good I story. I got covered with poo. Uh, that's an awesome story if you guys ever have time to yeah, tell it. Yeah, awesome. We're definitely going to get to it. And a second question we have for you before we let you go. Uh, when you signed with Suzuki, was your deal done at Las Vegas of that year? Or Hangtown? Or no, no, no. Uh, you didn't say Hangtown. You said Vegas. Lindsay, you did say Vegas. And I believe no, no, no. I, I never said his was. I said contracts have been done. You're the one that said his deal was done. Yeah. Before. I believe. I, honestly, I believe all my contracts that I signed were done before Outdoor started. Bam. Uh, other than this. Bam, other but than it was year. not signed at Vegas. Well, it was two weeks off. Whatever, Watson. I think we went on a technicality. No, you don't. Hot sauce, you faggot. <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined Kenny's points. Uh, hey. Am I, did, I, did I help you out, bud? Did I help you out at all? No, you didn't. You me under the bus again, dude. Uh, Idiot. Really? Yeah, you, you, you kind of. I said there's no way that you signed your deal before before the outdoors because I remember <laughs> you being with Mitch and you know if if I would have known that I wouldn't have driven the motorhome, dude. I thought I was doing you a favor trying to get you a ride. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. Dude. That's so long ago. I honestly don't even remember. I know it's only dorks like us that bench race about that kind of stuff that care. You know, riders don't really care. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, hey, real real quickly, what happened? Did anything happen with you and Regal, or did you did he fall first and you hit him? Or I, I missed that. Yeah, part. he uh, he cased that triple out of that rhythm lane and went over the bars, and I was already in the air. And oh. I, you know, his bike just kind of scattered up into the top of the berm, and I had nowhere to go. So Dude, Mitchif and wrong Frank. place, wrong time. You yeah, know? yeah, Mitchif and Frankie probably just kicking themselves in the nuts. Right there. <laughs> the whole team wiped out yeah. in one one fell swoop. No, I know. So. Had another stellar week, and I've had a lot of that kind of stuff happening to me lately. I don't know what's going on, but I know, I know. Oh, well. Yeah, you've been good, but yeah, bad luck for sure. Hey, let me ask you another question, Hot Sauce. Yeah, how did it feel when you were when you were coming around and uh, you were behind Dungey and everyone moved out of your way because <laughs> they, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't ever do that on my guy again, dude. He pulled dude, over. That was, and let a, you that, was a, that was a good plan, dude. I just got <laughs> him behind him and latched on, and everybody thought I was uh, in second place. So they just let me around. <laughs> What did you, uh, smart yeah. veteran rider that Tedesco uh, is? Don't, um, all right. Hey, hey, one more question for Ivan. Oh, okay, all right. One more question, Sauce. We didn't keep. We were talking yeah. this weekend. Do you really, really, really think if you speed skated on ice that you could be in the Olympics in four years? There's no doubt in my mind. Why is that? I told you this time and time. Told you this time and time again. Dude. Give me four years, I'll take. Uh, what's that guy's name? Ono. Ono. Yep. I'll take it. I'll take the take it to him. And why is that? Have you ever seen me? Have you ever seen me rollerblade, bro? Dude, you should go rollerblading with my girl Shay because I think she would smoke you. <laughs> uh, that girl went rollerblading today. She like came home today. She said like five dogs chased her. You would have got bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it, it's such a small percentage of people that actually speed skate, and they different. They have different lengths. They speed skate that you would think that if you were had unlimited resources to commit to one sport for four years like that, you have a good chance of making it? Yeah. This guy, because he's a top yeah. athlete, bro. Right. He's an athlete. Right. Why not? He can do anything. Why well, no, no, he's, he's an athlete, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean. Hey, Watson just always gets mad at me because I say I can do anything. He, don't, he, just, he always gets mad at me. Because you, cause you talk a lot of crap for hey, a little dude. Hey, did you why. hear about his, his latest oh, signing? Did you hear about his new signing? What's that? Did you hear about his new signing for the last five races? Oh, I, I'm not at a restaurant, absolutely. Oh. Go ahead again. Sorry. Did you hear about Watson's new signing for the last five races? 
No, no, I haven't oh, heard it. Sh- Wait, what's up? The sheriff is coming back. Really? Yeah, Watson and Sheriff. <laughs> Demuth, and he's Watson, not- when are you going to get that tattoo? When are you going to get that tattoo that uh, that you were tweeting about? When you get the tattoo that you owe me. Me and Tedesco made a bet. Uh, no, I do. The I do owe you a tattoo. He has to get the original bad boy Rick Johnson tattoo on him, <laughs> and he. I do. I owe him. And you're gonna get bad it. boy club tattoo. Uh, I know. I told you it was a bet. A bet. I owe you a tattoo. I know. All okay. right. Hey, well, he's at a restaurant. Let's let him go. All right. Have fun, Bean. All right. Hey, thanks, Ivan. Hi, guys. Hey, love you, buddy. Hey, Best hey. friends forever. Hey, guys. All right, hey, there, there you settled it right there. I, I got to say something for the record here. I'm getting pounded in the chat room, and I have no idea why. First of all, somebody just said Lindsay was wrong again. I wasn't the one that said Ivan's contract was done. You guys were. I just simply said, I guarantee you, which I was right, contracts do get done by Vegas. That's a fact. Ask any factory rider. So whoever said I was wrong, I wasn't wrong, and I'd like to know the first time I was wrong because apparently I was wrong again when I wasn't wrong. A real second. man can admit when he's <laughs> ruh, 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 ruh. Hey, I can't hey, even I, say it because I'm right. never wrong. <laughs> yeah, you guys must have me confused with Watson. He's the one calling people out online and having to pay 500 bucks. 500 bucks this weekend. We'll talk about that after this commercial break uh, on, the, on the Moto Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be right back in a second. All right, Steve, let's talk a little bit about our buddies over at MotorWorldRacing.com, those fine folks that used to have that race team with me. You know, we won a few races along the way, and, you know, I got to know those guys, and all the way back from 1999 when they started their own race team and had their MotorWorldRacing.com site up and running, they've been pioneers in the dot-com commerce, if you will, and they've always seemed to have these great prices and great customer satisfaction. I don't know how they've pulled it off for this long, but they're definitely one of the premier sites and now with this radio show jump right back in the thick of things in the racing business yeah it's great to have them on and and the title sponsor for this uh, moto show uh, motorworldracing.com brian junkie glenn boggy owners down there great guys and uh, you get a little bit of a discount just for listening to this show that's right we offer our listeners exclusively if you go to motorworldracing.com right now and you plug in the promo code moto show at checkout you're going to receive a special 10 percent off your entire order 10% just for listening. Yeah, that's that's how we roll here, and that's how WaterWorldRacing.com rolls once again. Like I said, in all seriousness, they do have a wide selection of everything you need. And, uh, again, great prices, great customer satisfaction. Go check it out, MotorWorldRacing.com. We wouldn't be here without them. X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. back we're back on the moto show here in the studio mathis Lindsay, watson we're all here the gang's all here lindsay lindsay hey let's uh, spell my name wrong I'm, I'm just taking a beating in in the chat room i'm just sitting there looking moto clown that that's the ultimate insult when when moto clown calls you out hey dude i, I don't know what's up with that hey, you when you start have thicker skin Lindsay, because trust me there's dudes that hate me yeah i mean i just I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I, don't hey, know I work in the industries. Hey, Paul, I, I work in a... Subject. 
I work in an industry where people hate me, but I still show up every week. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Watson has people that hate him, for sure. Without for sure. A and you know what? Here's a tip, people, that some, some guy said earlier, Lindsay's annoying. Don't listen. It's my freaking show. Go go listen to TMXS or something if you don't like the sound of my voice. Hey, we only got Dude. 15 listeners. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> you're, chasing, yeah. you're chasing off one quarter of the listeners. No, we did. Exactly. We actually had our best show last week in terms of numbers, everybody. So we're we're happy about that. And, uh, we are getting up there. I'm pretty go. impressed after 11 shows. I agree, Steve. Yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's get our next Thank guest on the line. Thank you to our loyal listeners. Yeah, yeah, let's get our guest on the line. Uh, hey, Paul, I think you do a great job, bud. Don't Thanks, worry about Kenny. it. And your, and your seat is very warm. All right, all right. Enough of that. We're going to drop Lindsay out. Uh, Watson, tell a story real quick while I dial up. Yeah, if everyone out there listening, Ivan Tedesco is one of those guys that really, really thinks that he can do anything. You, he he tried to tell me that he could be a, a, a boxer. That guy couldn't box his way out of a wet paper bag. He's pretty short for a boxer. <laughs> but you give him about five beers, he, he would take on, you know, he's Lennox crappy, Lewis. He's the Weege. Yeah, you are live on the air on the Moto Show with uh, Mathis, Paul Lindsay, and Kenny Watson. Is this Stan from Henderson, Nevada? You mean? <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, Stan is here. Call him out. Call him out. Uh, Stan the man. <laughs> hey, you uh, know, I got to give credit. The phone actually comes up as Pulp MX on my uh, caller ID. This is professional. Really? I had no idea. Right on. You uh, didn't know? That? <laughs> no, no, I didn't know that. But it is registered that way. So, yep. uh, um, you know. Anyways, hey, thanks for uh, coming on the show. And anybody who wants to call in and ask the Weege questions about announcing Racer X, flagging, whatever, 702-586-7857. We're going to open up the phone lines right now. We want to have mostly listener questions if we can. Uh, so call in, 702-586-PULP. Talk to Weege, myself, Watson, Paul Lindsay about managing, flagging, writing, riding. Uh, enduro. Enduro, whatever. Um, you know, this is the ultimate test because Mathis always claims, I always say that you're really reaching if you have me on as a guest. And Mathis claims, no, 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 the people are interested in, in industry types, so we're going to find yeah, out. You're right. I'm telling the you. the hardest working guys in the industry right there. Your podcast numbers Thanks. were greater than a lot of riders. Hey, let me ask you a question. How in the hell do you do the arena cross race on TV <laughs> when, you're in, when you're at a supercross easy, race? Easy, I want to know yeah, how the hell you're at two places dude. at once, dude. It's just like Lindsay said, man. It's just all hard work, hard work, and no luck, and, and TV magic, and cheating, and lying have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I did. I just found this out two years ago that he actually didn't go to the arena cross races. I had no idea. He I think go. he kills it. I think he kills it at the arena cross races. And I ain't trying to blow smoke up your ass either. But I think that you do a better job than the dudes do that are in the box right now. That's just my hey, opinion. Something's changed. No one even did arena cross like the first four years, and all of a sudden this year, like everyone's watching them. I don't know. I don't know if they're on. A, they're on mostly right before the Supercross on Sunday. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you read the I message mean, boards, but people are saying they love you. Here's what's sad. Like um, two years ago, I, I asked, you know, hey, I would like to put my hat in the ring to be the Supercross TV guy. Mm -hmm. And some of the people, I swear, at Feld said, well, I don't know if he's ready yet. Let's try him out in Arena Cross and see how it goes. And at that point, I had already been doing Arena Cross yeah. for a couple years. <laughs> I didn't even know. That would be no, uh, so until this year, no one seemed to notice. But, dude, those races are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got – I don't know if you heard the breaking news. Uh, yeah, not good. No, no, no. This oh, is new, better, breaking news. new breaking oh, news. Oh, not Tyler Bowers? We got more news? No, oh, yeah. More news. You know, the sheriff's coming to ride Supercross. All right. At Houston, and he's going to be under the Hart and Huntington tent. Whoa. On a I thought there, was, there wasn't a deal already set with Babbitt. You guys uh, – 
but I, guess, uh, I didn't I didn't get all involved with all the logistics and stuff, but uh, me and Jade have been talking, and uh, he's coming our way. He's going to be riding KTMs, but they're going to be white and black, just like our bikes. He's going to be wearing One Industries gear, head to toe, with Oakley goggles. So uh, we're going for it. So to keep track at home, he's going from a Kawasaki to a Honda team, but riding a KTM. We're not a Honda team. We're no, a Carter, you're just a we're team a, that rides Honda. We're, we're a Carter Power Sports. Yes. We ride let's, uh, white and black bikes. Let's, let's take a call. We got a we're call. We're taking a call. All right. Moto Show, you're on the air with uh, Jason Wygant. Who's this? Uh, this is Anthony from Ohio. Anthony from Ohio. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening. Do you have a question for one of us? Yeah, uh, Jason, what is the best part about announcing for the Supercrosses? Uh, the best part, really, is that <laughs> they don't have much control over the webcast. The announcers on the floor... They have those big headsets on, and they're being told constantly, like, we need to do this, you have 30 seconds, wrap this up, go here, go there, mention this, you know. And the, the TV guys, it's obviously the same thing. I mean, live TV, you're down to the second, and you got people in your ear. Holly and I pretty much don't have that. We can pretty much say whatever we want, do whatever we want. Um, we have a me- couple of meetings, and they give us some guidelines. But as far as, you know, calling the race and the content of the show, it's up to Jim and I to pretty much have as much fun as we want, which is, uh, which is awesome. So that's definitely the best part, man. We have no restrictions. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and working with a legend like Holly must be just incredible. Well, uh, Mathis can back this up. Um, basically, when you're dealing with Holly, you're, you're never nervous because he will cover any hole, any problem. If there's a red flag situation you have five minutes to fill, you can ask Holly any question on any topic, and he will roll with it. Hey, what happened there? Good question, caller. Good question. Caller hung up. Caller hung up. Watson, right. That was uh, a Watson, bad answer, apparently, then. Watson got all the calls, all the cords jangled up in his feet. Too. Hey, you know what? Uh, Jim Hawley grew up in my neighborhood. Well, I grew up in his neighborhood. So yeah, that, Jimmy, that's the truth. <laughs> and I know Jimmy Hawley a long, long time, and he is an awesome dude. Hey, Paul, can you yeah. talk a little closer to the weed is overpowering you and as far as our tech? Uh, what else is new? Oh, it so, overpowers a lot of people. Yeah, so, yeah, Paul, yeah, Paul can you talk yeah, a little Make a living doing that. Hey, uh, hey, Watson, you've, you're in Vegas now, right? 10-4. You're in Vegas. You, you work on Kerry Hart's team. You know, you, you've been around a long time. You've seen some crazy dudes, crazy things. You've hung out with them all. But, but is, can anyone surpass Holly in just overall sheer craziness? Like, is there anyone you're like, well, Holly's pretty nuts. Hey, let me guy. tell you. No, no. Jim, I'm going to give you one Jim Holly story real quick. Oh, yeah. Here you go. You could ask him about this. You know Jim Holly owns a lot of, like, rental properties. Yeah. Um, back in, the, like, the late 90s. There was a lot of dudes that came over from Sweden and Norway that he used to work with. Well, there was a couple of dudes that he put in one of his rentals. Well, he, he leaves all the utilities in his names because they're you know from out of the country. Well, the, these one guy split, and they had like a $600 phone bill, and Holly oh, couldn't boy. find him. So one day we're out. This is how long it goes. We were at a Shane Trittler's track at Cast Steak, and I'm there, and he pulls up, and the guys were parked right next to me, and he pulls up, and he pulls a shotgun out, pulls one of the guys on the ground and puts the gun in his chest and said, you guys are going to pay me right now. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> the one guy took off to the bank to go get money, and then Jim put the gun in the back of my truck and just stood on top of the guy with his chest, like put his foot on his chest and said, you are not moving until the guy gets back. The guy came back, paid him. Holly thought for sure they were calling the cops. He put the shotgun in my car, and I had to drive it out of there, and I was scared. I was shitting oh. my pants like I was going to get in trouble. From wow. that day on, from that day on, 
One of my other friends borrowed some money from him and had to leave the title for his truck there. And my and my one the guy that I know, I said, whatever you do, you make sure you pay this guy back because uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. you will pay the consequences. He either sells your truck or you're going to pay the consequences. So that's Jim Hawley. He's for real. All right. I don't know if Hawley liked that story being told. But anyway, yes, he will. too late. Uh, Moto Show, you're on the air with uh, Weege, Mathis, Watson, and Paul Lindsay. What's going on? Hey, it has been. I got, I got a question for Weege, being he's a New Jersey local. And uh, I was wondering if he ever rode at the uh, super secret test track behind Delray with uh, JJ and when his dad worked there. Holy crap, dude! Holy it's crap! So super secret that I think I was—I think I'm like one of two people to have ever ridden there. Like <laughs> super secret, um, super so secret. secret that it wasn't. We're not talking super secret like some cool spot in the hills that all the fast guys go to. I'm talking so secret that no one else ever even went there. I mean, it wasn't that spectacular, but yes. Yeah. Yes, I did ride there. Has been. That's amazing trivia right there. He's telling you about it. I, I remember going there and picking up some uh, some oil from J.J. and uh, DeCoster yep. and uh, uh, Wolfink and some other guys were there before one of the GPs just burning around that little power lines track in the back there getting stuck in that black mud. Of course, there's uh, a giant security fence around it, but, you know, hey, we can, we can set a jump up and jump back into that thing. Yeah, we like yeah, um, from there. the... Um, the, in the 70s, you know, Belray dominated. They pretty much had right. all the teams, all the riders. And uh, it's kind of a sad story what actually happened. Um, the, the son the son of the owners was the one that really spearheaded that, and he actually uh, died in a motorcycle accident in Italy, I think, in, like, 1979. Yeah. yeah, so their support slowly dwindled from there, and I think they had grand plans for what they were going to do with that. You know, ten years later, by the time I was riding, they really weren't doing too much there as far as testing goes. I think every once in a while someone would be out but they probably used the race teams for most of the testing, so it was pretty much just me and a Yamaha Moto 4 four-wheeler riding around in the gravel. That was that was as grand as it got. Uh, one time, Jeff Ward came into town for the Meadowlands Supercross, and I seriously thought he'd be riding out there, but <laughs> I soon learned that that's not the way it works. Yeah, yeah. You know, thanks for the call, Hasbin. I uh, just hung up on him. Uh, Hasbin's our regular caller. He would be the, uh, I guess, the uh, stuttering John of our show, yeah. if we want to compare ourselves to that. Hey, Weege, i got a question for you. Uh, right. And this this is a, this kind of bugs me a little bit, and maybe Paul, uh, you can elaborate, and Watson too, as team managers. Why the secrecy in our sport when it comes to injuries and things like that? What, what is what's that wrong? one has never made sense to me. What's wrong with te- Josh Hill saying, "Hey, man, I got jacked up ribs. I haven't been riding, but I'm going to try the best I can." What is your opinion on that? Why again? Well, it's, it's for someone that's working the jobs I am. You know, you're trying to get information and relay as much as possible. And the downside is when you don't get the information, then you're forced to kind of judge without knowing. So then what's the next logical thing? Well, for some reason, the guy's riding bad. And then when you say that, then they get mad at you for saying, well, you don't know the whole story. Right. Uh, I'm hurt. I'm not riding badly. I'm hurt. I'm a hero for even going out there. Exactly. That's why they should tell. Yeah. I I don't understand. Like, Josh Hill, it's a very thin line between, oh, J-Law's back. Maybe he's partying. Maybe it was too much pressure. Or... The guy apparently is riding with three broken ribs. That's really impressive. Be but running, there's a very thin line yeah. if you don't tell people. He should be running a banner behind him. I've yeah, got, I'm bro- injured. I've got broken ribs, everybody. He doesn't have well, hard for me to believe. And what it is, the bro- reason yeah, a lot bro- of these guys do it, it's a carryover tradition. Just like, you know how the Denver Bronco linemen don't talk to the press because for the last 20 years it's some kind of tradition, even though wow. the original linemen that didn't talk to the press aren't even on the team anymore? Mm-hmm. To me, it's some kind of old-school factory Honda specifically mentality Really? Keeping this secrecy, yeah. These, those boys used to do it back in the day in the 80s. Johnson, Bailey, they would all keep their injuries a secret because they thought 
that their competition would smell blood in the water. Now, I, again, I, I agree with Jason. If you would tell everybody what's going on, then people would know. Now, they're not going to, I don't think anybody out there is quite precise enough of a rider to aim for your left shoulder exactly if that's right. what's yeah. hurting. They, they think that's some kind of vulnerability issue or something. So I, I, it's always bugged me to answer your question, Steve. I think, uh, I think people, we should do a full-on injury report, similar to what Racer X does, actually, but, but with, like, an official injury report. And, and just let people know it is what it is because, like Jason said, we don't know if they're just suck all of a sudden or they're out partying or what's going on or the bike isn't working right or what's happening. But when a rider's injury, injured in this sport, especially the factory guys, and the old school guys, Brooks gets into this. A lot of the guys get into this. They they tend to cover it up. Yeah. So Watson, Watson, what do you think as a manager? Lindsay says no. It's dumb. Hey, uh, I I mean I'll I'll say it. I mean my guy started the season with a torn ACL. Yeah. yeah. I mean we didn't come out and say nothing when he was doing shitty. And it but was why just, not? Why wouldn't you? Personally, because he said he wanted to ride and he was going to go give it his best, and I told him not to use that for an excuse. Right. Well, after you get three races in and you're not making the main and this is happening, you got to say, hey, for your sponsors, for your fans, for everybody involved in the industry, hey, yeah. this guy's been trying. For his trying. job. For his, his job even. Yeah. yeah. Next but year. To make a long story short, I feel Josh Hill's defense, I think it had to go back to Larry. And no disrespect to Larry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Larry's I old agree. school, and he, he wants things done his way, and that's just the way he calls it, you know? So it is what it is, and that's just the way this is, and you ain't going to change nothing. Let's, uh, let's take a call on that note. Uh, Moto Show, you're on the air with uh, Wygant, Watson, Lindsay. Uh, you still have it. You clicked on, clicked off. Hey, the one thing that, that's bothering me is the use of the word the Ryans. And, uh, you know, you, look, you won't put a gay guy here with a straight guy, and it's, it's very uh, very irritating. And maybe uh, Jason could touch on that because, uh, you know, okay. seems to be the, uh, the, new, the new terminology for those two guys. All right. All right. Hasman doesn't like the term the Ryans. Uh, I, I don't see what there is to not like about it. They're both named Ryan, so I don't understand how that's uh, what 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 is even the problem. I don't even understand. Welcome we'll to Hasman's world. Well, welcome to Hasman's world. <laughs> Quite. I'm gonna get it. Um, hey, on the injury thing, I was gonna ask you, Lindsay. Uh, you, you raced professionally at OK, and and then you manage a team. I don't think it's the riders saying uh, he's gonna purposely aim for my shoulder or my leg. I thought the issue is. In a 30-minute moto, when you're both weary and exhausted and dizzy and hot and the shock's fading and it's so rough, you get that little edge saying, wait a minute, the guy in front of me has a bad shoulder. Yep. I think I can do this. And that's the edge you don't want to get. No, you're company. right. That's right. what I've always heard. Does that, that actually is, that's run another, through your mind? That's another angle to it, for sure, of why they keep it. But to me, it can actually have the opposite effect. If you know you're getting beat by this guy and he's riding with an injured shoulder, it can work the have the reverse effect on you. That's so, I, I, again, I guess it's just different strokes for different folks. I've never understood it. I, you know, I, I guess I was a whiny little bitch. I told everybody I got a hangnail this weekend. I, I'm, I'm going to do bad. So, uh, I just, you know, everybody. It's like the excuse report in motocross. Everybody rides through injuries. There's not a person in this sport that doesn't have something banged up, sprained. You know, coming off an injury, coming off an ACL surgery, you know, nagging this, nagging that, flu, cold, we all travel. So it's, it's who manages that the best is what makes a true champion, and that's why those guys train so hard. We talk about this in another show. It's not just training for endurance. It's training for injuries. Flexibility and, and, a, and a sound, fit body leads to less injuries and, and, and quicker recovery. You see these amazing recovery time on these guys. Every single rider in this sport goes and they say it's going to be four to six weeks, and they're back in three. I mean, yeah. 
it's just, uh, I don't know. I, again, I guess we're getting a little off subject on the on the why they do it thing, and I, I just, uh, I, I've never agreed with it. So Let's take a call. I agree. I'm with you guys. So it's all unanimous, right. all, for all of us. Hey, Moto Show, uh, you're on the air. This better not be has-been. Uh, you're on the air with uh, Wygant, Mathis, <laughs> and uh, Watson, and Lindsey. Who's this? Hey, hey, what's going on, you guys? Snash. Good, hey, uh, Nash. Nash. Good to hear from everybody. Um, Watson, awesome. It's Watson's got to become permanently part of the show. It's just a home run. We, we do love our, our Kenny. He, he's distracted by the chat room, his Blackberry, the coffee. Uh, he's looking around a lot. It's hard to get Kenny to focus. Hey, the guy's got so many awesome stories, and his perspective is so unique. But I don't want to uh, – it's not a love fest for Kenny. Yeah, no come, on, Kenny. come on, Nash. Hey, go to my website. It's uh, the real K-Dub. He can't even get the dot com part. He can't even get the dot com part. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, man. I love it. Uh, anyway, it my, my question since we're talking about injuries and shows really, really dynamite is open question to everyone What is the best kept injury in recent uh, five, ten year motocross history? Weege, care way in? Watch. Uh, here, here's the problem um, there's so many secrets with so many injuries. That even when a rider is not injured, there becomes rumors that maybe he is, and we'll never know. And I'll give you a great example. I don't know ever if we'll ever know the real story. I think the, it was the U.S. Open at the end of 2005, if I believe, where they held a press conference on Thursday with James Stewart and Ricky Carmichael, and Stewart was all about, I'm 100%, I'm focused, I learned a lot from my rookie year, look out. And then somehow the next day, he was sick and out of the race. Mm-hmm. Now, it mm-hmm. is possible... And he really was sick and out of the race. That could be the case. But the sport is crowded in so much secrecy, and unfortunately, especially Stewart, who is you know sometimes very for, uh, forthcoming with things, and then sometimes you have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone really knows if they really know what really happened there. We know we've been told he was sick, and I think Denny Hartwig, the, the PR manager of Supercross, told me, he's like, yeah, if I remember, I think I remember the ambulance coming to the pits that day because he was sick, oh. I think. But no one really knows for sure, only because even when someone tells you something happens, we don't even know it's true. So that could be a huge cover-up, for all I know. Ambiguous. Sounds too ambiguous for even the weeds to grab a hold of. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Ferry. Ferry had a, a sore back from carrying me all those years. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll, be, I'll be here all week. I'll be here all week. Super. Watson, do you know of anything like conspiracy theories, JFK kind of stuff, where you know? Oh, my God. Well, Back I'll, in the I'll day, for an Jeremy was injured. Nobody knew. We knew. Blah, well, blah, I'll blah. I'll use this for an example. My guy, Chris Blos, this weekend twisted the crap out of his ankle, thought he might have broken it, mm. and still went out there and sucked it up and rode. Didn't ride the best uh, that he's been riding all year. He rode to a 12th, to a mm-hmm. quiet 12th. He got a couple breaks at the end. But, mm-hmm. you know, people could say, oh, Blos sucked this weekend. Well, he rode with a bad ankle. We didn't do a press release that he hurt his ankle. You know, mm-hmm. he made up his mind, just like for Bonnie. Bonnie hurt his, tore his ACL to begin the season. I didn't come out and do a press release saying, hey, Matt, Bonnie tore his ankle. He's going to try to ride. No one mm-hmm. wants to hear that. Yeah, but, and maybe know. that's the part of our sport when we talk about our sport still being small enough to where we can call these guys up like we just did with Ivan. That's, it's bad. It works the reverse effect because in the NFL, you would have heard about that. that, that Let me ask you a question, that, Paul. If you were a sponsor paying a team, like I'll use my team, for instance, if you pay us – you know, $100,000 from the industry, which really doesn't have it right now. And um, all of a sudden, one of the top guys on your team is hurt. And all of a sudden, 
they're going to want they're going to want some money. Or they're going to say, "What the deal? We need a fill-in rider." Yeah, you know? but as long as he's going out there doing his job, which he did, I think that the point that you were trying to make earlier is that people will call him out on Monday. Let's say he didn't get 12th. Let's say he got 18th. And people say, what's up with Bullis? He sucks. Why has he got that ride? Well, they didn't know he hurt his ankle. If we had some type of follow-up report, again, in the NFL, the reporters would be all over it. Anybody that goes to the locker room, they get a report from the trainer. And well, this anybody is, this that isn't football, practice. dude. This is motocross. Yeah, I mean, that's is, what I'm saying. Is, it's, is... it's still too small of a sport, so... The fans don't get to hear everything that we see in the pits after practice and know that why this, that, and the other thing happened. Ryan Sipes almost didn't race and ended up getting second. If he hadn't raced or had raced to a 17th or an 18th, people would have said, what's up with Ryan Sipes? He sucks. He doesn't deserve that ride. Well, well I think uh, Paul highlights something there. Uh, I'll take some of the blame here, or the, the journalist, announcers, whatever, should take some of the blame. Um, there's... I don't, there's not a locker room where you can get to all the players like you can in those sports. True, so it makes it tough. But there isn't that much digging going on. Like, I'll be honest, Kenny, how many people ask you, hey, how's Bonnie doing? How many people ask you that in the first three races when he wasn't making the mains? I how did. How many reporters? Well, yeah. reporters, Steve came over with his news with his hat on with the little thing that said news reporter on it. Yeah. He asked me about that. Yeah. But you know what? At the end, it's, it's like you don't really know, you know. And, and I'm one of these guys – that's like this. If you're hurt and you're a rider and you come to me and said, hey, I'm okay, I'm going to ride through it, I don't want to hear that excuse like, oh, my knee's bad. If your knee's that bad, you don't need to be out there, and you need yeah. to be at home getting better. So maybe, maybe they're tricking themselves? I, I believe so. Yeah. Unless you're going to go out and ride through it and ride through the pain and do what you got to do, amen, go do your thing. Don't use it as an excuse because I don't want to hear your excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we actually talked to Brooks in uh, Toronto about uh, what, what was happening with Hill. And, I mean, he, he volunteered. We said, uh, what's up with Hill? And he goes, what do you mean, the fact that he started sucking lately? Uh, and we're like, well, yeah, obviously he had podium after podium, and now he's getting sixth. He actually told us that Hill uh, didn't tell him at first because Hill was afraid that Brooks was going to park him or say, well, maybe you should take this weekend off. Hill wanted. Hill was convinced that he could ride through it and figured, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'll be all right. I'm just going to show up on Saturday, and I'm going to race, and I'll be okay. And then it's only after the race didn't go well that he realized, all right, I'm out to tell people. So I think you might be right a little bit there, guys, where the riders are maybe trying to convince themselves that it isn't as bad as it is. And well, they're all I've races. done that. Yeah. You know, yeah. at local races, I think we've all done that. You twist your knee in practice, and you're like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Well, actually, yeah. too, another point to make is the, I mean, in our sport, I hate to say it, and this is kind of a dirty secret, contracts don't mean a hell of a lot. And we've seen riders being let go just for underperforming. And yep. so if you're yep. a rider and your knee's a little twisted up and it's affecting you out there, but you know your owner could possibly can you, you just keep riding. I mean, yep. even though you have a signed contract, everybody has a performance clause of some sort in there. So hmm. maybe that's another part of it. You and Josh Hill, that's a perfect segue for some stats that I dug up earlier. Starts okay. the season. Here we go. Six, three. Yeah, I love this stuff. <laughs> Six three two 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 two. Then his last five races have been nine six nine six six. Somebody that doesn't know he's injured is over Josh Hill right now. Yeah, he was a flash in the pan. He got lucky to get those podiums. Blah 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 blah. And if he keeps it from Larry, even Larry's going to start to think that maybe Josh is is hanging out with Jason again. You know, I really want this kid. I don't know. I I, I still think honesty is the best policy, especially with your team manager. Um, what the team decides to do with it, that's their business. Kenny, like you said, if the sponsor's coming looking for money, that's a whole other story if he's benched, obviously. And then the sponsor's well, you gotta understand looking too, for I don't know about Hill's contract, but like my guys, um, they're, they're on, a, they're on a, a per race deal where they get paid. 
So yep. if a guy like that saying, hey, I'm going to suck it up and go ride, then it's time for me to stand in like I did with Bonnie. And we parked him for San Francisco because his results, he needed to go home and, and really go to the doctor and get everything checked out and see if this is what really is going to happen. And, you know, I got the MRI from the doctor. I talked to the doctor, and he, they said that, you know, he could race. Is his torn. If he could ride through the pain, that's fine. So that's when we said, okay, we're going to come back, and we're going to give you this one race chance to prove yourself. And all I'm asking you is make the main. And that's what he did. Really? He had, if, if he hadn't made the main that race, would he you? Would have been, he would have been done. Really? He would have been done. And that's when you said you were going to bring in Daniel McCoy? Yep. Wow. He, Daniel McCoy was at that race. Was he? He was at that race. Wow. Wow! We had bikes, we had everything ready to go, gear, everything. And and Bonnie made the main and salvaged his year. He did. Wow, it's like a <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I brought Daniel McCoy into the truck and introduced him <laughs> to this guy that might be taking <laughs> no a ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I mean, this is the way it is. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a business, right? Right. And and you know, Matt Bonnie and Dan Bonnie, they're about doing good business. And his dad was there this weekend. And his dad wasn't too happy with his performance. And yeah, you know, and, and you know, I know Matt's trying super hard and he wants to do good. And he's having some bad luck this year, but hey, you know what? It is what it is, and it's wow. business. Talk about pressure. Hey, Nash, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, hey, um, pardon me. I have to ask one quick. When you come to Kenny's Corner, can you get him to do Phil Lawrence, Factory Phil I Legend? Even, I haven't even written names down for Kenny's Corner. I, he has to split here. I don't know if he's going to be here right to the end, but <sighs> if we get to Kenny's Corner, I will ask him about Phil Lawrence. Super, fellas. Thanks for all you do. Look all forward right. to listening to it. See you. Thanks. Thanks, Nash. Nash, good guy. Did a podcast with him once. Uh, uh, yeah, that was fun with Nash. Yep. Yeah, he was uh, he was on it, man. He he was really cool. I didn't do Kenny Corner Kenny Corner Riders, but uh, hey, Weech, how is the uh, broing down going? Uh, I, I I feel like like I'm sort of you're the young Jedi I took under my wing a couple yeah. of years ago or a year ago, and I brought you around a little bit, and you know, you and Summy spent a little too much time together. Um, with the love of GNCC, but yeah, uh, of course. But, but how how's that going? Are, are you feeling a little more broish, downish? Yeah, you know, uh, I think I underestimated things. Um, I told a story on a couple of your older podcasts. I came in and um, I was told if you're going to host the press conferences, don't become friends with the riders because this way you'll be willing to ask them the tough questions. That's the problem with this sport. Everybody's friends with everybody, and no one yep. wants to burn everybody because they want to be cool and bros with the riders. So I'm like, all right. Yep. If that's what it takes to do this job every weekend, that's what I'll do. So I didn't shake hands, make eye contact, anything. They would just see me in the press conference. And I tried to ask them hard questions, and the riders knew better, and they didn't give good answers anyway. So I realized that was pointless, and you get, uh, you get more flies with honey, as they say, right? Um, yeah. But it's kind of, once you're off to that bad start, you know what it is, once you uh, get it, you don't remember someone's name the first time you get introduced to them, you can't really reintroduce yourself. Right. And that's kind of the way I felt for like two or three years. I was just this random guy with a microphone or a tape recorder or something. And uh, it's only when I've had to put it to the test I realized maybe I was just a little bit paranoid. Um, I actually have moved over full-time to Racer X now. I had been GNCC guy for a long time. But, but this year, because we, uh, we had a guy that was on our staff for about a year yeah, what was his name? And now he works for Transworld now. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, let's yeah. use this segue, Jason. Not to change subjects, but use this segue to talk about your new deal. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Good, good, good thinking, Paul. Um, <laughs> anyway, we had a. I don't want to say large Cox? motor cell. That would be mean, right? Well, I mean, the, I mean, the guy that was there was writing some bang ass columns and. Doing no, I just meant literally large. Oh, that must be. Would that be wrong? Would that be wrong to say that? So anyway, I moved over to Racer X now full time. And suddenly then, I was, it was the first time that I was really forced to 
I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to call riders, text people, email people, get scoops. I don't just have the luxury of, I'll see him on Saturday, I'll do the, what I need to do for the webcast, and I'm done with it. You know, now you kind of have an obligation to just kind of know what's going around, going on, and snoop and scoops and stuff like that. And actually, everybody's really cool, so I guess it worked. Or maybe it was all in my head. I used to think the riders hated me. No, like, they were like, it was definitely in your head. Yeah, you were being an idiot with that kind of stuff. I mean, I really thought, I'm like, dude, these guys don't like me. I'm just some whack job in the press conference that works for Feld, and they don't like it. But, right. yeah, uh, I haven't had any riders, seriously. Like, no one doesn't return calls. No one's mean. I think what we found in this sport is the riders, if you're down to the actual one-on-one with the riders, the riders are usually never, never bad. If you, if you get distance in between and their parents get involved or agents or team people or sponsors or whatever, that's when things get that's a fact. Uh, sensitive. That's um, a fact, yeah. We got guys like uh, we got, got guys like Watson and Lindsay that, that mess up the whole works. How about that's that? right. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, it does happen. right. Jason's absolutely spot on. That happens. Um, a rider pretty much knows. To me, a rider when a rider has a bad race, he pretty much knows that he had a bad race. You know, if he gets ninth, <laughs> it's not like when Villapoto got seventh in Anaheim two, and I said that he rode bad. That Villapoto is going to be like, no, I rode awesome. Yeah. He, he pretty much knows. So, in the end, they usually don't get that mad at you. You, you think they do because there might be, and this didn't happen with that Villapota situation, but there's definitely times where you're here from a parent or a team guy or trainer or whatever, and this, or a man friend, I guess that's the worst. It's pretty much their job to never let anything bad happen to their guy, right? So, yeah. yeah. You get to, you get caught. I, I think Mathis, you, you were the one that coined the whole man friend phrase, and that, that was your main thing. You're ma- constantly making up excuses. Yeah, to keep your guy pumped up. The, the funny thing is, is I, I like to feel that. Well, Jim Perry definitely. Uh, I heard the first heard the term from Jim Perry about uh, talking about Ali Seymour. Uh, wow, for, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. He was I, the OG. Yeah, but I like to think that I brought it into the uh, public's eyes. Yeah, the, the funny thing that. was, was professional man friend. I was never on a payroll like a lot of these guys, and I never really cared all that much about what people would say about about Timmy. You know what I mean? Like so, it, it, it people lump me in there with the worst of them, but it was never like that for us. We used to laugh and joke, you know. Yeah. No, I think everybody. Well, most people, I think, knew that for you that you were making fun of those people by doing that. Oh, but I was um, never on a payroll like a lot of these guys, and I never really cared all. Watson, you're banned from touching that computer. <laughs> That's, that was Kenny. Uh, he's, he's reading the chat room, hitting buttons. Hey, oh so anyways, uh, yeah, no, so I never really was a big, like, hey, you know, like, I don't, I don't, when I was a mechanic, the media, to me, was friendly. I was, thought it was cool. I never had any beefs with anybody. I understood yeah. part of the part of the deal was criticizing a guy, and Timmy came under a lot of fire in 05 and 06 when his wrist was sore and he was out there. I mean, he raced almost a full season in 05. Oh five, yeah, oh five, Supercross on a two-stroke and finished twelfth in the points, was barely in the top ten, and he could barely hang on. But I mean, nobody knew. You know, what I mean, I mean, I told people if they t- came around, but so I mean, he took a lot of heat that year. People were like, "Oh, Ferry's done. He's he's washed up." But uh, sure, you know, sure. I mean, that's kind of how it works. So he should just be a test rider. Yeah, some people said he should just be a test rider. That's exactly yeah, it. yeah. Some people like uh, I think I said that once. Whoops. Yep. Yes, you did. But, uh, hey, Weege, what did you think about Dallas? Uh, Dungy's got a pretty good grip on it, huh? Well, uh, a couple people had already started doing that crazy math where they're like, well, let's see, there's seven rounds. And yeah, Harvey would win by four if he won out and Dungy got second. 
Well, there's no point in doing that math. There's no. absolutely no point. That's proven because because one right. week later, one week, yep. that math is already blown away. Yeah, he's um, already got. He's back to a full race lead now, 24 points, almost. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's dumb math. The only time I think that's ever actually happened was in '03 uh, when Reed did win the last six races and Carmichael did finish second. But I think if you go back to that year, I think. Those two and Ernesto Fonseca were the only factory riders even yep. left in the series. Yep. And that was logical, exactly. You the knew time. they were going to be on the podium. There was no way was that they weren't going to get on the podium. Yep. That was kind of before the replacement rider era. RC was riding and for the title. RC was riding for the title, playing it smart. That, uh, yep. That's what he always did. Remember RC's thing was always, if, he, if second is all you can get, take second, right? That's always, always, always said that. Always, always, said, always said that. Always said the championships um, determined by Daytona. And, and the second half, and then only won one race after Daytona. Maybe that's because um, he got paid in uh, championship bonuses only, not race win bonuses. Huh? Well, he got maybe, race wins. Maybe so at Honda, um, not at Suzuki. Okay, not at Suzuki. But I, I maintain that if Carmichael could have won those races, he would have won those races. He's one of my best um, friends. The, the guy did go 24 0 <laughs> several times. He didn't, you know, clinch the title at Millville and then cruise the rest of the outdoor season. He's one of your best he friends, can... Kenny. Yeah, want to call him? Kenny. Hey, yeah. Kenny. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> Suck it, Lindsay. You missed it earlier, Weege. Uh, uh, Watson said that Ivan Tedesco was his best friend, and so we called Ivan and put him on the spot. Oh! And Ivan didn't say that Kenny was his best friend, and now Kenny's upset. Wait a minute! Like, why not just lie and just say it on the spot? He said I was one of his best friends. Yeah, but not. Hey, let me ask so you a question. Just asked him who was your best friend. He didn't say his. He Watson. said his wife. Oh, he, he didn't wife. know it was a loaded question. Last yeah. well played. Yeah, but you know what the good thing about it is. Right. Is that hot sauce? I had to come out and say, when you get married, who's in your wedding? Your best friends. And I said, was I in your wedding? And he said, yeah. So I look at it like I'm one of his best friends. I have found that as as uh, we all become adults, that is the line in the sand. This weekend, I went to a Skid Row concert with Ralph Shaheen, believe it or not, <laughs> on Friday night. And Ralph Shaheen said, hey, let's go down to the stage. And I thought that meant like elbowing our way to like the front of the crowd. No, he literally meant let's walk down to the stage because I know these guys. Nice. And then. The bass player comes over to the side of the stage, shakes Ralph's hand, and then says, Hey, everybody, Ralph Shaheen of Supercross and Speed and CBS is here. And I'm like, Wow, you know that guy that well? And he said he was in my wedding. And I'm like, Well, that's nice. it. That's, wow. Thank you. you. Can't argue. When someone's in your wedding, it's done. Hey, I, was in, I was in Shorty's wedding, and I don't consider him my best friend. Whoa, whoa. I doubt he does you either, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think uh, that's... Let me ask you this. I, I, all I want to know is Skid Row, there's no way they can compare without Sebastian Bach, right? It no had way. To have been, it had to have been a second-rate show. Come on, Weech. Uh, actually, when I first heard about it, I was like, uh, Sebastian Bach is in it. Why would I even bother going? And I really only went for the, for the overall experience. Like, hey, it's a concert. Why not go? It's free. But because uh, of Ralph's Connections. But I'd say the guy did a pretty good job. And then tonight I was watching the best of MTV's Cribs. And they showed Sebastian Bach's house, and he looks so bad nowadays that I was like, man, it would have been sad to see that guy on stage and been like, wow, that's what he looks like nowadays. So I'm almost starting to think that they were better bringing in some fresh blood. I swear, I hate to say it. I, I don't know about that. I mean, it's hey, come on, it's like an way, NBA guys. team, you eventually got to bring in, you have a superstar on your team for 10, 15 years, and you got to bring in some fresh blood. I guess. I guess even hey. McGrath had an ending. 
I, I, I would have never thought this until I saw Sebastian Bach. I can't believe you guys are trying to compare a rock band with a racer. Okay, well, Lindsay, what you, well, Lindsay's got no, something to say. I, I'm just reading the chat room, and people are like, ouch, Paul, I didn't mean that I said slam against Shorty. He's one of my good friends. He's just not my oh. best friend. And I meant it I'm, the I'm other way around. Aware. I, I think, I think we all know that uh, Paul's tight with Shorty. I think. Yeah, he's... yeah, no, that wasn't a slam. If anything, it was a yeah. slam on me that he's not my best friend, or I'm not his best friend, but I was at his wedding. I was just making a point. I see Grendel's in the chat. It would be cool if Grendel called in once again. I'm pretty uh, sure this is show. Watson in the chat room. Throw him into the bus while we're live on no, the air. No, no, he he is he's, he's definitely distracted by the chat room. However, his hands have not touched the keys. <laughs> that's that's um, that's a lack of focus. He might actually go in and chat room and talk at the same time. Hey, that we're talking about. yeah. Does uh, Julie Kramer still work for uh, Racer X? Yeah, yeah, she does. She's the original employee, like the first non coons Yeah, and, uh, I know Julie Kramer. Brian, yeah, I got good stories about Julie Kramer, and I'll, and I'll give you one off the air. You'll love it, and you can ask her uh, about it. She'll probably hate me for it, but uh, yeah, whatever. You know, I think she expected uh, I, when I. By the time I came in, Julie was like nothing but business. She was like business exec woman, but apparently. Like everybody else at Racer X, there was a party zone that everybody was in for a few years, and she was in it before I came around. This is when she was an intern. She she wrote a story when I worked for Scott Sheik in '96. Yep. And uh, she uh, that was the era when uh, I first met Julie. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that was the party zone probably when at that you point. When you didn't get to go to Factory Honda with Sheik. Yeah, those f- fuckers. Whoa! Hey, he brought woohoo! Hey, didn't they bring a guy over from the road racing team? Yeah, and the guy. I remember that. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna throw in. I'm gonna throw in a crazy. Uh, Kenny Watson has no idea this happened, but in '96, uh, yeah, it was '96 that you guys and yeah, you and Sheik were probably and and Sheik was getting a couple podiums, right? Yep. You guys came to English Town. Did you race the race of champions, or was it just a week? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was the Kawasaki race. Yeah, it was the Kawasaki race champions. Yeah, and I actually saw Kenny Watson, who I knew because Dave, you would interview him on the TV shows as the mechanic, and. uh I had never really, really spoken to anyone in the industry ever. Like never. Right. I was I was just a flagger, and I was like, "Hey, that's the guy. He's Scott Sheik's mechanic. I'll give it a shot." So I was like, "Hey, Kenny," <laughs> and he came over, and I'm like, "Hey, I've been cheering for you guys all year. You know, awesome job flying that privateer flag." And he said, "Thanks, man." And that, I thought that was like super unbelievably wow. cool. Wow. Well, I would have signed my T handle and gave it to you back then, dude. <laughs> I got that, dude. Cool. It wasn't like a huge conversation. It wasn't anything, but at that right. point, the guy actually like shook my hand. I thought it was huge. A young Weege and a, a, a still young and not jaded Kenny Watson. I'm still yeah, I was in high school at that time. I, I was big time. Right. See, I just those of you out there that want to be in the industry, just follow Jason's steps. He's just a fan like all of us, and he just followed his passion. And here Flagger he is. Tiger to fan to magazine intern. To GNC yeah. PR guy. To can be done. Before you go, just don't forget to hit Hollywood up on that story I told you. You know what? I guarantee it's going to end with he didn't even have, didn't even own bullets, let alone had him in no, the gun. No, 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 he, no. He, he'll tell you about that one. I've never heard gun stories from Holly. I mean, I've heard pretty crazy stuff, but yeah. wow, it's a whole other level. Yeah, he's Hollywood early. is no messing around when it comes to the greenbacks. He, he, he did tell me that uh, in his, he rode uh, Mugen Honda, and they came to take it from him, and he slugged the Johnny O's mechanic uh, in the garage who was trying to take his Mugen away. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's got some, as many do, he has some good Johnny O stories. Well, hey, Wygant, thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Man, I feel like it's just getting started. Well, you can stay on the line if you want. I mean, I, 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 told, you, I told you 20 minutes, half hour, so you're welcome to stay on. We're going to do a couple of segments, but uh, whatever you want to do, bro. Uh, I'll stay on till 11, but I'm going to make myself uh, something to eat here, so just um, don't mind any noise in the background. <laughs> All right. What are you good. making, dude? 
Uh, if I really tell, man, it's going to sound so gay, even gayer than calling them the Ryans. <laughs> What's that? It's terrible, man. I'm making a friggin' fruit smoothie. Is that bad yeah. or what? What a fruitcake. Yeah, I, I didn't... Man, I should have never mentioned this. I feel like I'm coming down with some kind of sort of cold, so I'm trying to figure out anything I can to stop this from happening. Does that make it any cooler? You mean yeah. you got a cold from the pouring rain in Toronto and then the freezing snow in Dallas? Shocker. Oh, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> that was the first Supercross that ever had worse weather on the road than at home. Yeah. I had to fly to West Virginia to get better weather than Texas. I'm in the same boat. I'm struggling from a cold and How stoked are we that coffee. we went to the new stadium? If we were in the old stadium, it would have been Oh, oh yeah. Good oh, point. boy. Uh, all right, Prop, we're going to give props to Feld for that one. <laughs> hey, I already, I just want everybody to know in the Redux column that I write on, uh, that I'll post tomorrow, I already wrote that, what Kenny, the point Kenny made. I, I don't want people to think I stole that. Okay. I, I, I was leaving on, when it was snowing, and I was like, man, if they had an open roof, we would have been dead. Like, who, well, okay, Kenny, your team manager, if we had a snow race, what would you even do? Go get some ice, some uh, screws for the tires. And go <laughs> yeah, yes. be you would have had teams going to local bike shops and hardware stores and stuff, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. If they weren't prepared like us, we had drywall screws in our truck. Hey guys, remember the uh, Jimmy well, Wine, the paddle? Too, but remember how cold and freezing ice storm all the hotels, the power went out in Pontiac that year. It was just like yeah. 04, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Yep. No, I was older than that, I think. Was it Pontiac yeah. or was it uh, Minneapolis? Because yeah. I remember the year in Minneapolis, no, it was so cold. I went out to my box truck and the doors were frozen shut. We had to get the torches out. To, to yeah, I there have been some bad ones up there, but luckily all in domes, like you said. Yeah. Um, hey, why one other thing, one other plug I have to get in here before I, uh, before I go or stay on. Um, we will be starting a new podcast show on Racetrack. I believe this week, Mathis has known this has been coming for months, and it's just always almost, almost, almost here. Um, but I pretty much have it done. And out of respect for Steve, who took the Bill Simmons podcast interview into motocross, and DMX has been doing it for a while, now you guys are doing it. We're trying to do something totally different than, you know, just interviewing a rider or, or talking about the previous week's race. We're kind of setting this up where we're going to take different topics in the sport that no one really, especially the fans that would be listening, probably aren't experts on. Bring in some experts and get some ideas, you know, like, uh, and I talked to Paul about this today, and he rattled off five ideas right there. You know, like, what when a rider is testing, like, what actually goes on? There's probably 100 people in the world that know what actually goes on, and the rest of us are clueless. So maybe we'll bring on some mechanics or whatever, and we'll actually educate you. What happens at the day of the test track? What do they change? How do they get parts made in Japan? How long does it take? How do they make the practice bike and the race bike match? How much can they change on race day? Like, weird things like that. Um, so we're going to have a, a series of shows. Maybe we'll have a show about, you know, tire compounds. What, what does that mean? How many different ones do they have? How much can the riders even tell? Or, um, you know, stuff like that. It's going to be a lot different. And the idea is to not be timely. It's not going to be based on necessarily last week's race or the race coming up. So you can download four or five, you know, six months from now, and it'll still be cool. So check it out this week. Um, I hope. They say, they say imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. I'll just go with that. Yep, and uh, hey, that is, I think that's it's true. I mean, we, to, to, to give you an idea, this will be called the Racer X Podcast, not the Racer X Podcast Show. Yes. Because we, we know who started the Racer X Podcast Show, and that was Steve. And the whole reason we're not just going to do interviews with riders is because, Steve, you started that, and Boom. we weren't just going to take your idea and say, all right, we're just going to have somebody else do it. Talk about flattery. That's respect right there. I think he needs a royalty off of that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, our, our in-studio guest, Kenny Watson, has to jet soon, but we're going to play Kenny cor Kenny's Corner first before he goes. Where K Kenny's Corner is where I ra name three random people, 
uh, that Kenny doesn't know about, and I get him to tell us the best story about three people that we that we uh, that he doesn't know about. So I'm pulling this on the air. Although the first name is going to be somebody that the caller suggested, Nash, uh, Phil Lawrence, Kenny's corner. Give me your best Phil Lawrence story. Well, Factory Phil, we go way, way, way back. He was part of the original Brat Pack, if you want to call it a motocross. It was Denny Stevenson, Phil Lawrence, Buddy Antonez, Jimmy Button, Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emick. I mean, all everyone used to hang out up at J Bone's house up in uh, Ritchie Canyon in California, and that's when I first met Phil. It had to be shoot, uh, ninety one, ninety two, uh-huh. um, and I met Phil back then and became friends and always hung out with him. Um, and the first time I really ever hung out with him, we were at Gatorback. He was riding for Factory Suzuki. And they used to have this thing at this place called the Coliseum where they would do amateur boxing, where they would pick people out of the crowd. And there was this one guy. He was about 6'5". He was like a football player for um, Florida Florida yeah. Gators. Yeah. And we were all there, and you know we were doing our thing. And everyone convinced Phil that he needed to fight this guy. Because Phil, I mean, back in the day on the box fans, a lot of these guys used to have speed bags that they would hit yeah. to warm up, to get their arms loose. And Phil was awesome on the speed bag. So therefore, and, he's a great boxer. Well, that's what we thought. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. just a bunch of idiots. Right. So we all convinced him, and Swink was the ringleader. He was like, you better do it. You're a sissy. If you don't do it, that guy, you're giving us a bad name. So Phil went in there. This guy had boxing shorts, boxing shoes. Phil went in there, took his shirt off with tennis shoes and pants, and KO'd the guy in 30 seconds. Knocked <laughs> no. the guy out. Nice. Yes. Oh, I thought the story was going the other way. No. Phil knocked the guy out in 30 seconds. Nice. That, nice. That's, that's my one Phil Lawrence story with many more because I worked for Phil Lawrence in 99, and uh, that was quite a uh, – it was kind of on the end of his career, and he decided that he liked to go out the night before the race, and he would get wasted. Mm-hmm. And so, and he would show up and I'd smell Jack Daniels on his breath. A couple times I would show up, wake up to go to the track in the morning and he still wasn't even back to the room. Jeez. So I said, you know what? That hard work is done for me. And him and Voss were going for it. And I used to put Voss as your boss on the pit board. Oh, that was Triple X days. That was that, that late. That was, yeah, 99. Oh, but I got a lot of stories for Phil Lawrence. Love the guy today. Turned it around, has a great family. And uh, that's where I'm at with Phil. All right. And then uh, so the next name in Kenny's corner, we're going to stick in the Lawrence family. Randy Lawrence. R.L. Wow. Me and, uh, Speechless. Me, yeah. <laughs> Randy, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, one of the great stories about Randy. We were in uh, Florida, and that's the year he, at, towards the end of when he was working for McGrath. He was still a mechanic, and uh, he was really into cycling. And uh, he got done working on his bike, and he took off on his road bike. And he was gone for maybe 45 minutes to an hour, and we're all in the parking lot working on our bikes, getting ready. And all of a sudden, I look up the parking lot, and I see R.L., pedaling like no other like someone was after him and this escalade airborne into the parking lot right behind him and this guy that was driving this thing had to be six eight big black guy older guy and the guy freaking comes up rl runs over to brooks and everybody's there and what happened was rl was at a stop he was riding and the guy came by and clipped him with his mirror so the guy had stopped at a stoplight, so Randy came by and just smashed his mirror. Didn't break it off, just yeah. like bent it in. Right. Well, the guy chased him down and came back. To make a long story short, this gentleman in the car was Shaquille O'Neal's dad. <laughs> and he was going wow. to beat, beat Randy down. And he was so heated. And then he found out what we did, who we were, what we were doing. And he came back about a half hour later with a signed tennis shoe from Shaquille O'Neal. 
a tennis shoe that I guarantee you that Randy still has to this day. Yeah. And another great story about Randy Lawrence is back in the day when the the uh, the donut. What were those donuts? Uh, the the donuts with the light on. Huh? The donut. Krispy Kreme. Oh. There was only like two or three that we. Come on, Mathis. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I know, dude. He's lifting the glaze off his lips now. He used to go when we were in Daytona. That was the first time that I've ever had him when we were in Daytona. And he goes, you got to go, K-Dub. These donuts are the best. And I'm like, ah, man. Because, you know, I'm an athlete. I train. I have a, yeah. you know, a really good body, and I, and I don't eat donuts that often. Right. At least I like to play that. But anyways, this guy went and got two boxes of them and probably ate one box of them. The next morning, he calls me and he goes, hey, let's eat some donuts. And I'm like, dude, they're stale. He goes, no, no, watch what I do. I go into his room, and he takes the, hi- the hair dryer that's at the hotel, and he's heating them up with the hair dryer, <laughs> nice. making them soft. And that guy put about eight of those donuts in his mouth and almost choked. You can see him going down his esophagus. Yeah, yeah, like a bow constrictor. It's that. But uh, that's RL? RL. Randy Lawrence. Ask him about Krispy Kremes. Uh, wow. So hardcore trainer, road bicyclist, and donut eater all wrapped into one. Yeah, and it, it ain't a donate. It's a gallon of milk with it. Uh, I don't know about nowadays, but back in there he was. I have a third name on for Kenny's Corner, but Weege, let, let me see. You give Watson a name. Pull a random name out. Anybody you want. Industry, riders, doesn't matter. Pull a name out. Man, I'm, I'm loving this. This, this is, is awesome. This is how Kenny works. Just pull it out. Uh, hey, real quick, Weege. Um, am I going back too far? I, I don't know how. When, when were you kind of start? When were you start? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. We're, we'll, go, we'll, go 90, we'll go 90s, 90s and on. All right, because I was going to ask Mickey Diamond because I figured there were some stories. I but. got some stories. Some, some oh. You got All right, let's go with uh, Mickey Diamond. Okay, Mickey Diamond. Uh, Mickey Diamond, you know, you know, everybody knows his, his deal from racing. Well, Mickey Diamond is probably one of the guys that started the whole freestyle revolution. If you go back to the Krusty Demons, and he was all in with Dana, you know, and John Friedman that, that originally did the Krusty movies. And uh, 1998, when the whole freestyle thing started, we were – um, doing the first Warp Tour sh- shows, and what the Warp Tour is, if anyone doesn't know, it's a music festival. And on the music festival, they wanted to bring in some athletes, freestyle motocross, skating, and stuff like that. So Mickey had this idea that he was going to build these plywood landing ramps. And there were two landing ramps pushed together. Well, we were in Phoenix, Arizona. It was the middle of the summer. It was about 110 out. And Kerry Hart was the guinea pig. They drew straws, and Kerry lost. <laughs> and he had to hit the ramps for the first time. Well, the takeoff wow. was a metal takeoff. And Kerry hit the thing, landed dead center, dead nuts. But when he landed, the back wheel went through the ramp. And ejected <laughs> him over the bars. He had no shirt on and just burgered him. Just burgered him to hell. He had <laughs> scrapes all over him. And I look over at Mick, and Mick was just like, oh, my God. And he was freaking. So... Mickey Diamond, if people don't know about Mick, Mickey is probably one of the hardest workers in, in our industry. If people don't know the, the Feld uh, Cowboys from Hell Tour, he is the guy behind the scenes, and he's the one that you know, yeah, made the whole deal, know and he did all that. that. But that guy stayed up all night long fixing those ramps. He stayed up 24 hours and fixed them, and then he was like, you know what, you guys? I don't want any of you guys to risk this. I'm going to do it. And he suited up, and he jumped those things ten times to make sure they were safe. Right. Wow. Man, there we go. Hey, Paul. Best part of that story, they're jumping a wooden ramp for the first time in the history of motorcycles, and Kerry Hart decides to not even wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an excellent observation. Get that. Which, uh, hey, uh, Lindsay, do you have a name for Kenny's Corner? Uh, we can do I one more. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay, all right. Um, Kenny, you got a split? 
I do got a split. I got a. I'm gonna go to dinner with my friend tonight. Mm-hmm. Your, and your best friend or just your friend? No, my friend. She's in town, and uh, a sponsor of our team, Jason Beam, and my lovely lady. We're gonna From go to Jim dinner. Beam? Beam Designs paints our helmets oh, okay. for One Industries, and my lovely lady. We're gonna go get some dinner. All right. Well, Kenny, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Weeks, honor having you with us tonight, buddy. And it's always a pleasure to be on the show with you guys. Thanks, Kenny. All right, Paul. See hey, am I gonna see you this weekend? Uh, no, I'm going to the rear cross in Denver, dude. I'm pumped. I'm All right, go talk cross. to the sheriff. Ask him what he thinks about the, the new deal. Yeah. We'll talk What's to you guys next week. Ask yep. Sh- All right, man. All right. See, See ya. ya. All right, Kenny. Kenny's Corner, another successful segment. And uh, we thank Kenny Watson for coming on the show. Always a treat. Um, we're going to have to throw out some, some weird names. but And right now, we're going to go on to the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Off segment. <laughs> that, that, that is Kenny. Do man. we have time? Do we have time for it? Dude, we're two hours right now. We're going for the world record Whatever show. Whatever you want to do, Lindsay. Huh? It's up to you. No, I think we're good. We've had an action-packed show. We can just scrap all the segments for the week. Okay. All right. I, you don't have yeah. a Moto News question of the week? No, no, no. We'll scrap it. You forgot it, didn't you? No, I got it right here. But we're—I I think we're—we're we're probably losing listeners as we speak. This is this is run on long enough. It's been a good show. All right. Uh, there we go. And with Weege, we thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah I'm pumped. I was going to go at 11 o'clock to watch The Daily Show, but now it sounds like I stayed into the bitter end and just hang, hung in there, so perfect. Yeah, I didn't perfect. even know, but Kenny bailed. Uh, Lindsay has to go, wants to end it, so we're going to end it. That's probably a good point. It's two yeah. hours. Uh, but thank you, uh, Paul, for coming on. Uh, thank you, Paul, no, for being on the you show. Guys, and hey, thanks, Greg. We always got to give a shout-out to Greg. Between Mathis and Greg, you guys know, have no idea how much work they put in to get this on the air. We've had a lot of technical difficulties, but Greg is our glue. We wouldn't be on the air without him, and Steve has put in a lot of hard work himself to get this thing going, so thank you guys for that. And we want to thank our sponsors, X-Brand Goggles. Check them out on thexbrand.com, as well uh, Rockwell Watches. Check them out on rockwelltime.com, and the Motocross Donations from Colorado, who is going to be helping us out as we get closer to that race with hopefully some tickets or something, huh? Yeah, yeah, September 26th, baby. Yeah, I hope to, uh, hope to see uh, James Stewart there. That's the word lately. And uh, we're going to Jacksonville this week. And uh, Weege, Jacksonville, yeah. I've been assured, will have better attendance this year, and I hope so because that was a hell of a race last year. Yeah, it's uh, last year at this time things were just starting to heat up. I don't think people remember, but the beginning of the season, Stewart and Reed were going out of their way to be nice to each other in the, the opening press conferences, and they were high-fiving each other after races. And, congrats. and then it was like all-out brawl at Jacksonville. By, by Jacksonville, it was all-out brawl. So I really thought that the Villapoto Dungy thing would boil over like that. It, it hasn't yet. I, I, I still believe that if it's fairly close in points, something has to happen. There's no way something this prestigious Even, goes even down. with the nicest guys, Reed and Wyndham, blew up at each other. <laughs> that, it, it, Paul, excellent point. Yeah, Wyndham yep. and Reed hated each other, and that doesn't happen. So yep. something's got to happen. I hope it's this weekend. First of all, they just need to battle each other. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on these guys. Yep, you're right, Jason. Yeah, they, they haven't battled. They still have yet to battle. Get down and dirty with each other. Yep. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know, but we want to see it, and, uh, and we want to thank you guys for listening to the show. No doubt about it. You are the reason we're here, and uh, great guests tonight. Paul, thank you. All that yep. again. And uh, we will see you guys next week, next Monday, after Jacksonville to talk about the inevitable battle between RV and RD and the win of Austin Stroop, who I am predicting will win. So, that's I know it. you predicted that several weeks out. That's amazing. I did, and you will see that happen this weekend. So, right. for Paul Lindsay, for Jason Wygant, I'm Steve Mathis. Thank you for l- listening to the Moto Show. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. <laughs> You're so wise.
but like a miniature Buddha covered in hair. 